Ladies We're live, pal. We're live, pal, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to the show of the people, by the people, for the people. But we have someone who is elite in this room today. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it is a pleasure, an honor, a privilege to have the world-famous wrestling commentator and Twitch master extreme, the vet, has entered the chat. Jamie, how are you today, sir? Oh, hello, fellas. I'm doing well. I couldn't miss this opportunity to say hello to you. And who is you? I'm talking to John Enright and Chris Ams. Uh, Chris Ams, we've been working a lot more recently ever since we got a show added to the schedule. And, you know, if I got to sit around and wait for them to finish up, I might as well hop on is how I felt. So I'm a part of the wreckage. And so you can catch me uh, tomorrow at uh, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, when we sift through the wreckage, <laughs> the, the muffins. I mean, wreckage. Uh, Sometimes so, muffins. Yeah. yeah. And 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 to that reference, I don't appreciate being referred to as elite in any capacity, but I will give you a pass, John. Uh, it's been a while. I haven't gotten to hang out with you, so I really I wanted to talk to you guys because SmackDown just so happens to have been in my backyard yeah. last night. And guess who didn't go? You. Me. Right? Uh, but I thought you that mean, the least I could do. You show up with your gear? What? I didn't show up with my gear and hope to get booked. No, I didn't. Um, shockingly enough. But, uh, but I did want to, like, at least sort of give my thoughts on the show and everything since I couldn't be there. But... That, that actually ties into, um, you know, exactly how I want to start with, like, my little mini recap of the show, which you guys are going to get into in great depth, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, I just thought I'd come in here and just give some quick thoughts. Sure. Um, but that is it. Like, so imagine, imagine me, little old me, little old vet. Now, I've, I've got to plan for this. I would have to, like, I've got to take a day off of work and say, guys, can't make it tonight. Smackdown's in town. Sorry. Um, you know, I'm doing this for the people. And then I got to drive downtown. And then I got to wait. And then I got to watch, like, I don't know, do they record main event matches before Smackdown? Probably. And then I got to, you know, I got to wade through the marks with all their belts. And I got to, you know, smell the odor. Then I got to fit myself into, like, the cramped seats. I don't know. You guys have never been to Golden One, I'm sure. But let me tell you, is, something. is that the old Arco Center? It's no, it's a brand new building. Okay, it's brand new. Say, I the only time I've been to the Arco Center a few times, but I haven't yeah. been to the new building. Well, here's the thing about America: if you're building new stadiums and arenas, you got to remember how overweight people are in general. So, like, I don't want to. Like, I'm not an overweight guy, but I also don't yes, like having to like. You're sitting next to one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like having to 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 you know do the the airplane like fit the elbows in thing when I'm when I'm sitting in a brand new constructed arena. This is only a couple. This building's only a few years old at this point, mm -hmm. and so they should have known you know damn well that this is an obese country and you have to think of that. Yeah. Um, so imagine all that. So then I'm sitting there, and regardless of whether the seat is narrow or wide, it's still uncomfortable. So I got to sit there. I, I'm one of those guys after a few minutes or so, my ass hurts. 
So like, I, I want to move around, but there's nowhere to move. And there's all these things, but then I get to enjoy a wrestling show. Okay. Now imagine I went through all of this on this nice, crisp, uh, September evening for SmackDown on a Friday night. And then what I did all this to come and see Carl fucking Anderson. <clears throat> I, I'm sorry. This, this is why I know that I made the right decision uh, when I didn't even realize that SmackDown was in town last night. <laughs> That's when I knew I made the right choice. When I watched, I, I got a, what, all this for Carl Anderson? Dude, I didn't even want to watch Carl Anderson on my phone, let alone that would have been like all that inconvenience. So, yeah, but he was big in Japan, Ben. Right. He wasn't even big in Japan. He just likes to say that because he knows nobody will check like you. Yeah, that's um, true. That's so, true. I honestly, he said he was a big deal in Japan, and I just assumed he's like an eight-time IWGP heavyweight champion or something. No, he I at think least he, he at least sure he's a zero-time, right, John? Like yeah, a zero-time IWGP. Yeah, yeah. He, at best, he's won one of the secondary. I think he was an intercontinental, maybe at best, I, but. Was, did he ever they, hold the the? Did you ever hold the New Japan Never Overweight Championship? The one he that did. Kingston has. He yeah, he, he held the Never Overweight. Wasn't he, that this year he had it? He or? did, and he had he had one of the secondary belts before, and then but it, his him and Luke Gallows, you know, had the the heavyweight tag belts, and that was their claim to fame and walking around like it was a big old dick swinging around. <laughs> it was yeah. basically exactly I mean, in like Japan. An average dick is a pretty big dick to swing. I hear. So just you hear, we hear, we all yeah. hear. Uh, all I heard um, here, here, but uh, it's much like what they do now. They were yeah. lackeys for AJ Styles and are of no real consequence. And that's exactly what they do today. So nothing has changed in the past 10 years or so. Um, so yeah, imagine leaving your house to see that. Uh, that's not a great start to the program. Um, and uh, then we've got. Um, oh, by the way, I'll just I'll just touch on this, Chris, since you threw it out there. Um, you know, the open weight championship is not that bad of an idea. I think the reason why they have a New Japan strong open weight championship of which Eddie Kingston is the holder is because they don't have a roster big enough to differentiate weight classes. So weight classes are a thing in Japan, mm -hmm. but they really can't afford in their secondary American branch to really kind of like say, no, 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 you're only this big. Uh, so they just say it's an open weight. And it actually makes for some intriguing matchups when you do have weight divisions. But I agree. You know, like everything else, uh, too many belts. Nobody starts to care about any belt when there's this many belts. Yeah. Uh, not not like the belts floating around the Golden One Center, but like even just the ones that are supposed to be officially recognized. So, yeah. um, speaking of what people are wearing, what was Lashley wearing? Like, what did he call that particular? I called it. I called it Mr. Rogers versus you know, meets like a suit. It looked like he was wearing. At first, he walked out, and I was like, "Is he wearing a fucking cardigan?" Like, I really yeah. thought he was trying to like do Mr. Rogers, but in a suit form. It was so fucking weird. I could. Yeah, I was I, looking to see if his his jacket had a collar on it, and it maybe it did. It, it, it was no. it was difficult. There was difficult. no lapels. There was no jacket lapels on it whatsoever. And it tied in the front like a cardigan. Like 
a little beat, and it just came, stayed kind of half open the whole time. And it was just like, what the hell? I don't, yeah, no, that one threw me off immediately when he came out. Basically what happened was WWE had this whole budget set out for the next couple of years for maximum male models. But now that they're gone, they had to use the super lame shit that they had, you know, packed away for them. So they were just like, hey, Bobby, you want to wear this? And he was like, fuck it. If anybody makes fun of me, I know I can kick their ass. So he just yeah. threw it on. Well, not me, Bobby. You're, you're, you're out of town by now. So I'm safe. I'm in a, I'm in a free and clear. Uh, but anyway, so, okay, now, take that whole spiel I said earlier uh, about Carl Anderson and then just scrub his name out and replace that with Cameron Grimes. Right. It's the same It's the same exact story. Imagine leaving your house and getting Cameron Grimes as your reward mm-hmm. for the, the, the ticket, the parking, if you want to buy a $12 soda or any of those things like that, and then you get Cameron Grimes. <laughs> Got to... Uh, to the moon. Gotta, to the moon. Hey, he made TV. The, he made it to TV. He he barely. He didn't. He got the jobber entrance. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, we don't need. No, screw that. Screw that entrance where you say your catchphrase. No, we're not doing that. We're not playing the song. Nothing. We're just coming up on you in the ring as a jobber. Uh, so there you go. Imagine leaving your house for that. Um, they had a nice match. Uh, Ray and Santos did. I thought yeah. uh, they had a nice little match. Um. Of course, I don't like anything about the build of this or what they've been doing lately. It's all been missed opportunities as far as I'm concerned. And especially like, and the stuff they did do didn't make sense. Like, where was the rest of the LWO? Because they only came out to get beat up by the Street Profits. But why wouldn't they want to be there? Why wouldn't that have added to the drama of the match? The the, the whole crew is around the ring, like mm-hmm. supporting both people and telling that story. But instead, it's like when the, when they rush out to save them from the profits, it's like, what were you guys doing the whole time? I thought they just weren't there. And then when they came out, I was like, so you were there. Yeah. Um, they just wanted then, to show that cool spot of 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 the one dude i djz getting run over uh as he tried to come to the ring that was awesome by bobby lashley yeah that's that's what it was i I like how bobby likes him now like just they did one thing and he's like ah there it is right i knew you could beat up a guy which as you know chris because we do the wreckage every week they should be fired immediately immediately running out there not a sanctioned wrestling match no Mm -hmm. no i guarantee you that triple h was fearing for his life backstage Mm -hmm. as this was happening yeah yeah and especially how zelina fell right right and especially because we didn't know if ray and and santos were going to share a a moment of respect after that match so they took that away from us too how dare they like I'm a guy. This is and not only did they take that away from us, uh, security actually held a wrestler back and didn't let Dragon Lee come and help. <laughs> of all like, people, hey, who is this fan with a luchador mask trying to hop the rail? Get him! Yeah, That's so dumb. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, really, you, you, this, uh, yeah, uh, all right. Anyway, uh, so there's that. Uh, here's a pro. I'll give I'll give him a pro for this as we get Charles and Hammer Evans in the house. What's up, Charles and Hammer Evans? Um, so they acknowledge Jade Cargill, yeah, as Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. They made it seem like, hey, look who we signed, it's Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. 
they're not gonna change her name and call her like Kay Jargill or something like that and and re-debut her in NXT and make you a with a whole different gimmick and look and everything else and try to make you forget that she ever existed before because what you did before you got here doesn't matter. No, what no, is Wade Argyle doing in the impact zone? <laughs> uh yes, no, they made it. This is what they should always do. And this is why it's always been a fallacy that the WWE has tried to own people and then say they're independent contractors when it comes to, you know, tax purposes or any other things and benefits and things like that. Like, no, no, they're independent contractors. We own you though. And you know, everything about you. So, and we're going to change this and that, you know, rather than build the business and say, yes, it does matter what you got here. Other, what you did before you got here. Otherwise, why would we want you? Yeah. Why would we sign you? Uh, you were a standout, you know, college athlete. You were a standout pro athlete. You were an athlete for a rival company. Why wouldn't you want to celebrate all these things and bring them in as those people? When you sign a former NFL player and then you Google, like, I don't know, Baron Corbin, you're not going to find any NFL players named Baron Corbin. It's just going to redirect you to his real name. And it's going to further shatter the illusion that professional wrestling is not quite on the up and up, which we'd really like to play along with that. Uh, it makes it fun for everyone. Um so here's and then I guess this is a question for you then because you know I understand sometimes we get on big ears but like let's say Baron Corbin I didn't know anything about him until he came to WWE and they were like oh he was in so when it's someone like that is that better than someone like say Jay Cardgill like she comes in and they you keep that name Daniel Bryan and we changed his name from Brian Danielson and all that but yet when AJ Styles came we kept that name we kept Carl Anderson we kept Luke Gallows. You know, even though Luke has been like five different things in WWE, at what determination do you go, okay, this person's going to keep their name versus we need a new name for this person? Well, if you're, it's okay to give a person a new name or whatever. I mean, they got to do a better job of naming guys for sure. Mm -hmm. well, you know, we, we we all know that. Yeah. Um, but you I, mean you I don't would like Braun Break Kerr? I'm not that big a fan. Uh, but, but that's, that's exactly it. Like you're, right, you're going to bring a guy like that, which you know, and you keep referencing that he's who he's, who is, he's the son of, but you're still not going to call him anything Steiner related. And I guess that's where I would draw the line. John is I will, if I'm going to try to tout anything you've ever done in your life, I'm going to use your real name. If I want to sweep that all under the rug, and I don't want to tell you that Baron Corbin was an offensive lineman for the Arizona Cardinals or that he was a Golden Gloves boxer. If I just don't want to tell you that, then you can call him Baron Corbin. Right. But if you're going to talk about things that he's done, like he's supposed to be somebody, I'm going to use the name that, you know, I would use his real name right. and make a star out of that. I mean, that's, that's, that's what the number one, I think, complaint of wrestling pundits, whether they have experience in the business or not, is they say why should i care about this new person mm -hmm. you know now yeah. when i was a kid and just a fan i was just excited that somebody new came around because new is exciting but mm -hmm. apparently all these jaded people need to be told an entire backstory to even care which i also kind of understand so when you've got a built-in backstory of saying why i should care about this person I mean, you could use it if you want. And then people can Google him and be like, oh, they were somebody or, oh, they, you know, whatever it is. But 
that so that's why i'll say that but i like that they brought in jade cargill with the treatment of hey look who we got it's jade mm -hmm. cargill I, yeah. I did like that and but hopefully that yeah. can go forward with the new ownership and everything we can look at things the way a real company would if they were doing real things yes and i even think Corey graves said this is a game changer when referencing to her it was you know, used to sometimes you you'd hear people get shit on because they were coming from somebody else. Whereas with this now, it's like we're, we're making this a big deal. They talked about that's hey, right, Sting. This yeah. is what it's like to be inside a sold out WrestleMania. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there was that, but you know, I mean, it's that they talked about the references of hey, look how much hit we got on our social media because of this signing and and things like that. It's it's interesting to me because there was talk of there were some copyrights for a name change for Jade and it would assume Jade Cargill because it was like Jadith whatever or something along those lines, but it makes more sense honestly to maintain that because she's already established a brand and continuing forward. I guess that's the question is it really becomes like why wouldn't you have made Braun Breaker just call him by his name with the Steiner last name because yeah. yeah even if you wanted to name him something other than exactly what he's what his name is like Ron, you know Ron you Steiner. Could, yeah or how about Jack Steiner yeah. right cuz then you could even do like once he debuts on the main roster and you want to make a t-shirt for him right it can be jacked Steiner right yeah. like it's it's it, these things like are not they're not difficult to figure out Braun Breaker like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It, it's that's, I mean, and I get it. That's so like the 90s era. And I mean, I get he's got the Goldberg tattoo and he wears, well, before he became all black and dark, he wore all the Zubaz 90s color thingies. But the good and plenty. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, still, it's, it's, you, you gotta, you gotta, I mean, in that, the kind of the thing is, as wrestling fans, we love the legacy aspect of these things, don't we? I mean, the I Usos. So. You know, I think so. Like, hey, look, we're we're all that kind of thing. And again, like the Rock's daughter not being referenced as that. No, there's no, yeah. you know, anything along those lines. As wrestling fans, we enjoy that. So why not tread on those things? Why not develop and continue the brand and and, and keep going? It just seems so like, hey, we're going to dangle some things in front of you, but others. No, you're not smart enough to handle this, you know. And I guess that's the frustrating part is I'd love I like the legacy aspect. I love when they had, you know, the legacy where you had Orton and you know Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase Jr. I thought that was awesome because you're you're it's like that next generation. Um and granted, as a Star Trek fan, I love Star Trek Next Generation because of that aspect and the building that we had. You don't have legacy shows because you ignore what you did in the past you're building on that to go to the future yeah. same thing with wrestling you you need to embrace your legacy with that next generation coming up and but, embrace those things yeah and so you know and to aaron ben shalomo's thing because wwe needs to control everything yeah we already know that what we're yeah. saying is no they fucking don't yeah you know they can they they still control it you know you can sign deals for like certain merchandising or certain things for certain periods of time you know like we own this name for now and then you know it's your real if it's your real name you can go use it somewhere else later like they don't yep. they don't need to control it but the fact that you think they do 
is part of the problem because they brainwash people into going along with their version of how things are their version of the industry as it always was their version of history everything they do is wwe brainwashing they're constantly brainwashing you to think on their level and it's why fans defend them when they do stupid things because they don't know any better they've this is just the conditioning that they've received and so of course you're going to think like that but that's what we are here to say um is you don't have to continue doing that right there's always a a turning point where you can go in a different direction right and and is and and is having this endeavor deal with ufc where ufc understands hey look this person is a brand and so we want them to have their name and everything along those lines so we can sell things accordingly is that is this kind of that first step of we're seeing that ufc idea uh i i feel like that might be like the actual like big change um that we're seeing you know like Corey mm-hmm. Corey oh, graves oh. called it a, a game changer that jade cargill's coming in and i mean jade cargill's a star it's she's gonna be a star in the wwe they're mm-hmm. gonna be able to get they're gonna be able to get a lot more value out of her than they did in aew we'll put it that way but the real game changer might be the fact that the the company in charge of the ufc and the wwe right now tko I think they understand something that the WWE have been pushing against for the last 20 years or so. And that's that wrestling as well as UFC, as well as basically all sports are driven by stars. Mm -hmm. They are driven by star power. You make a star and you're going to get more money. Right. And Mm -hmm. eventually that star is going to say, Hey, fuck it. I want to go do Hollywood, but you just have to accept that they're going to go do Hollywood. Right. Like you do have to kind of, you know, accept the fact that if a person is capable of moving on to something bigger and better, they're going to move on to something bigger and better. So you're going to have situations like you're going to build up a guy like The Rock and you're going to make millions and millions of dollars out of him. And then when he's 35 years old, you're going to miss the next 10 years of what might have been a great career. And you might have made hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars off of him. But instead, he's going to go off to Hollywood and make hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for himself. That's going to happen. And I think that the WWE that the, the WWE has been they've been trying to hold back a river by not wanting to book that way. Oh, we don't want anybody to become a star. We want the WWE to be the star. You know, the the name brand is going to be the star that everybody's going to want to come see. But that's not how you run professional wrestling. It's not how you run literally any kind of business where you're putting people's faces on the marquee. If a person's face is on the marquee, then your business is to grow and develop stars. That's it. So that, I think, is the real game changer with TKO taking over, is I think that Ari Emanuel and I think that Dana White and I think that all of the other guys back there really understand that. Because what did Dana White do when Conor McGregor wanted to go do a boxing match? We're going to get a percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. But in that that the thing, too, though, you build the star in the brand, and then you, in turn, may be able to pull somebody from Hollywood to come watch wrestling because, oh, The the Rock makes an appearance or things along those lines. Like, you know, it's that idea we talked about. The Rock has showed up for the UFC as often as he has for the WWE in the last 10 years. You know, but – 
and that brings in that brings in a group of people that maybe would not have been like, oh, okay. I mean, hell, whether you like it or not, Ronda Rousey probably brought in a group of people, especially like when she would go to TV or movie shows and be be on those things. There'd be like, oh, well, what's Ronda doing? Right, and what's and 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 look, John, look ahead now. Skipping ahead, what has happened? The narrative has become that she didn't get over to whatever degree, which mm -hmm. that's a, a lot of things that you hear when you say people couldn't get over. It's like, it's the WWE's job if they sign somebody and pay them. It's it's their job to, again, you know, to be the carny huckster that makes us think that we can knock over those heavy ass bottles with a softball. Right. That's your job. You make me buy the, into these people, whether they're good or not, whether the product is faulty or not. You do that. You don't sabotage the good products to marginalize everybody across the board, which is what they've done. Yes. Like when you look at when you look at the whole landscape of like, you know, your top guys and everything, there is none. Right. Like there's nobody for Roman Reigns. There's barely anybody for Seth Rollins. So yeah. Seth Rollins isn't even anybody. So it's like. It, they've gone the complete opposite of what Chris is saying about making stars. So they've made nobody a star and they've marginalized everybody, which is the opposite of what you should do. It's very easy to turn that around though. You can just start, you know, just you can start just start fresh it. and, and start yeah. getting people back over. Right. Um, and that's the thing. As far as anything else outside of wrestling, it's a win-win if you promote and coexist with everything else on the planet. If someone goes into another endeavor after WWE, no pun intended, yeah. if they go into yeah. movies or other facets of entertainment or other things, you can say, hey, look, that's one of ours. He did this and we are partially responsible and you get to take a little bit of credit, but it's, you know, how, how big a douchebag you want to be about taking that credit is up to you. However, if they wash out or whatever, you're like, well, we didn't want them anyway. You know, right. like it's it, it doesn't affect you too badly one way or the other, because if they're not going to be there, they can either reflect a bat a well on you and and credit you as a launching pad or you can just say, well, this is why they didn't stay here, because we saw this coming. You know, it, right. it's, there's no you don't get any on you. But anyway, that's a that's a very deep conversation of which, you know, you guys can talk more about that more in depth on that. Um, I just wanted to say that I caught it and I wanted to point that out. Now, let me, let's go back to what are they wearing as Charlotte comes out? Holy shit. What in the world was this as Jimmy T joins us? Twenty-seven minutes late. I was waiting for no, fucking 10 minutes. 24. Like he was 24. Oh, okay. No, no, but okay. Forget that. 24 anyway, four minutes late. This guy sent us eat a the text. Hat. This guy sends us a text to begin the fucking to begin the show, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna be no more than 15 minutes late, boys." And I said to him, "I was like, if you're only 15 minutes late, I'll eat my fucking hat, Jimmy." Here he is, 27 minutes oh, what later. What a load of shit. What a load. Anyway, doesn't matter. No, you know, it's not a load of shit. I look. Okay, fine. Look, you're gonna make <laughs> me pull up. Yeah, look, I'm gonna share my screen. I'm gonna pull up the text right here oh, and, and show. Go. Don't don't do not even go. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> Here we are. All right. Here we go. Hey, hey, very right here. <laughs> Look at this guy. You, you, yo, I'll be running more than 15 minutes late. If you're only 15 minutes late, I'll eat my hat. Ha ha. Remember those words, John, because someone's eating <laughs> Capello today. And I said, <laughs> Which means hat in Greek. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm not, I'm the host of the show, not a secretary. Apparently, I am a fucking secretary now, Jimmy. 
Thanks a lot. Uh, so... Well, you brought it up. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to point out, no shit, Vet. I was going to ask you if you'd come on to, to the Smack Attack earlier when we were texting. And I'm thinking, nah, he's not going to want to jump on. And then, boom, here you are. I'm like, I knew it. I had a feeling you were going to be on. I don't know why. Well, like I, like I said, like I told the boys, this <clears throat> this was in my hometown, so I kind of wanted to talk about True. it a little bit. Uh, no, absolutely. And anyway, I'm happy so now... So now we're, uh, we're, I'm just giving a mini review, Jimmy. I'm just kind of going over some points and then I'll talk to you guys for a tad bit and give my plugs and be out. But um, yeah, so we're at Charlotte now and I was looking at what she's wearing and I was like, holy shit, is this really Charlotte or is this Kenzie Page? Oh Did Ken- someone stretch out Kenzie Page and, and leave her out to dry too long or whatever? Like what kind of indie ass shit is this that she's Bro, wearing with, she the, like with the, the uneven fucking- CF on the on the trunks and the... It looked like the first time I ever made a created wrestler in WWE. Yes. Oh, I'll just put their initial in WWF Warzone. C period. That Warzone. Yeah. Warzone. Yeah. yeah. That, was cool. that was bad. That that game was yeah, bad. Yeah, not even yeah. 2K Warzone. This looks like a she she's she's in there with the stance ready to go with her fucking terrible plaid outfit. What the fuck was this? That was It reminded me of like boxing sort of uh gob. Give, give this to give this to Billy Corgan. Send her to Billy Corgan with this. Shit. <laughs> oh <laughs> my God! Yeah. All right. Um, the uh, <laughs> hashtag Elton Strong. Okay. Yes. Now this. Now this. I you know guys, but this this is how you do comedy and wrestling. Yeah. And I'll tell you what the key is. Okay. There's two keys. Number one, these are the kind of idiots who would do something like this. So it makes sense why there's a produced vignette on your show that was probably given to you by these two idiots. Number two, the secret of this comedy thing is, unlike most of the WWE comedy or pro wrestling comedy in general, they don't even give you time to linger on something. If you didn't think it was that funny, they don't stay with it. They just move on to the next thing. They cut everything off like... A second and a half before you have time to realize or to stop laughing like before you're la- you're done laughing at the first they've already moved on to the second thing they don't have any awkward pauses they don't hang on anything too long the pace of this vignette was absolutely brilliant just like their previous one was so whoever's producing these um bravo and you've totally got what these guys are all about i'm sure they have a lot of input on it uh, but if I've ever, and if I've ever buried anything that this unknown person has done in the past, um, you may have almost made up for it by now, but you're going to have to do a few more of these before this mystery person is, is totally absolved. Um, and you know, I've been you guys saying, think of the thing I've been saying for a few weeks now. And I mean, I think from the first time I saw these two do a vignette, I get a lot of edge and Christian vibes from these guys. Mm. They are funny in that way. Like edge and Christian were a highlight for me during the attitude era not not in the ring necessarily if i saw a if i if i saw them in a backstage video i was already like oh this is going to be funny this is going to be great cuz they lean into the ridiculousness of what they are right like yeah. they 
they, you know, I, you remember like some of those vignettes where they would get glasses that were like this fucking big on their face, which was like, that was sort of a stupid douchey thing people were doing. They were getting glasses that were way too big. Well, Christian just leans into it. Here's my fucking glasses that cover my head. The Oakleys right? that ran over the top of the head instead of over the sides, you know? Exactly. And exactly. And they didn't, they weren't just great. They, they weren't just a fantastic tag team. They totally reeked of awesomeness. Do you know what I mean? Like they yeah. leaned into everything in the ridiculous manner that they did and they were goofs and you could you could laugh at what they were doing and even though they were heels like they were able to keep their heat by basically just being as douchey as possible but if you were of a certain age demographic or i guess iq level you thought it was funny as fuck and it's the same thing with these guys right they're douchey, right? But they lean into the ridiculousness. They keep their heat by being super fucking douchey. But when, but if you're smart enough, or again of an of a certain age demographic, you're gonna watch what these guys are doing and just be entirely entertained by the ridiculousness. This was awesome. It was, and I think I think the thing that also makes it too is you cut away to the brawling brutes after, and they're like. Oh, yeah. What is this? Like, you should have just broken his fucking leg. Like, you know, like, you should have done it for real. Like, you know, it's this idea. I was like, okay, this is kayfabe. But, like, you should, like, this is so stupid at this point. You should have just fucking, you should have just done it for real. Like, just, you should have just broken his leg. Like, it's, there's that aspect of it. You've had this thing, and you have these two guys not facing awkward at the TV. They're looking as if they were looking at TV that you want to see. So you're looking straight at them, and they're going, like, what? No, yeah, that I think that helps because there are some people who watch that were going like, "What the hell is going on right now with this?" You know, and it just they the brawling brutes are saying what some of the audience is saying. Some of it, like us who understand comedy and everything, are going, "This was great. This was funny. We enjoyed it." And then there's other people who are going to be going like, "What is this? Like, this is stupid." And they're voicing that as well, which made it even better, I think. In the you know that 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 it capped the moment to make it, you know, hey, this was good. So agreed, Jimmy. Any hey, what other about the banjos? Remember the banjos? We're, we're done with Edge and Christian. We're talking about pretty yeah, deadly. Okay. Now. Pretty deadly. They're awesome, man. I mean, they're coming into their own. The vignette was great. Even last week, the vignette was pretty good too. Was I love how he's good stuff. selling the the shoulder instead of the leg, which is fucking hilarious. I mean. If these guys don't get pushed to a tag team championship win soon, I mean, I'd be disappointed. They got to win those tag bouts, man. I think they'll be a laugh with them. Well, well at I've first you bit... said a win. I'm thinking like, yeah, they do have to win a match first. Well, yeah, yeah that's true. Well, they, they, they've won some, but they, yeah. it's a... Uh... I've been a big advocate of theirs for a long time. Um, even back to the NXT UK when I was... They came in kind of as I was like dipping out of nxt uk but right. i still could see like oh they got they got a little something here i don't know about it but uh, they got something and watching them in nxt i just realized oh this is the best tag team that we have now in in wrestling um well so they, are, they haven't really that yes legitimately and they and they uh they haven't really got to show that on smackdown yet uh, they, they've been okay you know, but in the ring, they haven't really shown what they can do. So hopefully they'll take the leash off these guys and just let them be that best tag team that they are. Uh, yeah, looking boys. forward to that. Hashtag Elton Strong. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then for, you know, for your main event thing, they've done this throughout the show. Once again, they attach John Cena to the most over guy or guys or, or angle or whatever. 
I don't think they need to do this anymore. I don't think John Cena at this point is in danger of being turned on by the crowd like he was, you know, several years ago when they were just tired of seeing him all the time doing the same old thing. Now he can come back and do the same old thing and it's a little bit refreshing because <laughs> we haven't seen it, but he's still making sure whether it's him or somebody else, they're carefully curating his career to make sure he's unbooable and so there you go with him and the Usos and there you go with LA Knight with the big pop and everything. So it's just more John Cena doing what he does. There are no accidents. Everything he does is calculated down to the 50th decimal point of how to not get booed. And I think he's had to stop worrying about this for like a few years now. I don't think he's gonna, I don't think it's, it should be a concern of his. I think he should just right. relax with all this. But he landed and he almost, and he just made it at the end of the show. That remember, like his oh, travel yeah. schedule was so jacked up that mm -hmm. we had to know when he arrived. And then he pulled mm -hmm. in. You know, to SmackDown. And Good thing they had such a fancy, uh, such a cool looking sports car available at yeah, Mustang. or whatever it was. Oh, well, no, I will say, look, I will, I will say this though. I when when I went to Gulf Shores this summer with my son, we did the whole like uh, budget where you just they give you a car, like you just take the it's like the rental roulette, and you show up and you get kind of whatever car they have. We happened to get a convertible silver Mustang uh, for our car that weekend and i mean people and like it was it was fine yeah like so they have some of these you pay a premium a lot of times and then i'm sure that rental car was like you know not from like hertz or whatever it was probably some but, but there is some nah. realism in wrestling then johnson yeah, can yeah. show up in a mustang and yeah, it's all good. a convertible okay. mustang yeah was, in yeah. his in his in his full gear and everything right yes. <laughs> right yeah well that, I, I assume that's how he would sit on a plane right he's got the hat on oh yeah like, yeah because yeah. we know so he flies commercial jorts. right i mean he's, he's flying commercial so of yeah. course he's got to fly in his yes. shorts with the, with the sure. his knee pads it's just more comfortable that way like again it's plane seat golden one seat same difference you mm -hmm. got to be as comfortable as you can if you're gonna if you're gonna go through this especially well, if you're late and you got to get to the arena that's so one less late, thing right? you have to do right so. and and i like how they insinuate that um you know it's <laughs> the bloodline could control whether the flight came in on time or whatever right so yeah <laughs> so it must it must have all been after he touched down where they sir we lost your reservation and then he <laughs> goes john cena goes into the jerry seinfeld thing because if there's anything we know it's that you know most of his creative has probably come from Brian Gewertz, which is, you know, mm -hmm. where half of Edge and Christian stuff came from. And we all and know all the rocks. Brian Gewertz is a big pop culture guy. Yeah. So uh, overall, I give this show a meh out of 10. And um, uh, there was a couple of good points. But uh, overall, I'm very, very glad I went to my job instead of this show. I was going to ask you if you actually went to the show. I didn't no. go, Jimmy. But you can catch this on Channel Attitude to hear the, <laughs> the part that you missed. Uh, right, Jimmy. Of where I went through the whole uh, spiel. So uh, while you guys have me, is there anything else you got for me before I bounce on out? Uh, oh, well, you know, I just find it funny. You talked about the crampness of things because it seems like things are getting smaller because we're going to do that. Because uh, you're not the first person who said that today. Um, uh for those of you who don't know or don't remember, uh, Lady Frost is a friend of mine, and she posted about how she's not a very large person. Yeah, I would say she's petite um, and diminutive, and explained how she doesn't think that she should be cramped in an airplane um, because, you know, she's not a big person. She travels a lot. 
and she should not have to be creamed in. So, I mean, we're seeing this now and now. I don't, I like, because I'm looking at traveling and doing some more stuff, going to Japan uh, probably next year for my kids' senior trip. Um, like, I'm looking, like, there are people who measure the seats in airplanes to see the space that you have. Wow. And, really? like, yeah, and it's it's shocking the lack of space so that they can make sure they have enough people. It is they, shocking, really. You know, like if you're an economy, they have figured out that 29 inches is all you need. And I'm telling you, it, yeah, if, if you're five foot and like tiny and you have like no weight on you whatsoever, yeah, it's perfect. But if you're someone like me who's a little bit larger, you know, that it, it does nothing for you. You know, and so, um, bro, I just get in there and man spread like a son of a bitch. I don't well, yeah. care. There's somebody you know, next to me who like that and shit. If, if there's somebody next to me who <laughs> needs to get cuddled, they're gonna get cuddled, man. Yeah. But like, I'm gonna, oh, no. I'm gonna hang out with my shoulders out and my and my chest up, you know. And it's like, yeah, you know, this is this is how I'm sitting, and I understand that my elbow is on your side. I'm sorry. This yeah. is how I fucking sit. Well, it's, it's like I purposely booked like when we traveled to Florida, like. I'm on one side, my son's on another. We're and so like whoever sits in the middle has to sit between me and my son. And we're both, <laughs> you know, beefier people. And so it's like, okay, well, sure. You want to come sit between us? Enjoy yeah. it. That's a really that's a really funny story, but we know you flew on your on your family's private jet to Florida. Oh that's no, funny. no, we flew southwest, sir. I you can see the pictures that I have posted of us. You on flew to the southeast in your family's private jet, is what you did. We know. Uh, yeah, I wish. No, All right. Well, that, I don't know if that's a question for me, but uh, is there anyway. anything else anybody wants? To... <laughs> no, I just oh, okay having fun. All right. Well, then I will see uh, two of you tomorrow for the uh, wreckage at our normal time of eight a.m. Pacific, eleven a.m. Eastern on Hami Media Group, Twitch, and YouTube. Yep. Uh, and uh, other than that, you can find me at Opinion Haver on all the places. Uh, you could find me on the. Um, you will find me on Monday night uh, for the Impact Attack with Brandon. Uh, that's six thirty p.m. Pacific, nine thirty p.m. Eastern. Right smack dab in the middle of football and wrestling. Just ignore all that and come and listen to us talk about Impact. It's way yeah. better. Uh, and then, of course, you know, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern with uh, Big Ray Hernandez for the Next Level Wrestling Review. This week we'll be talking about, of course, uh, No Mercy and the, whatever episode it is. It's getting increasingly and exceedingly harder to talk about this product. Are you guys going to slug it out this time? or Just might. Just <laughs> might. Yeah, that was uh, awkward, man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, yes, if you don't know what they're talking about, channelattitude.com, yeah, where for only $5 a month, you can uh, get everything we've ever done and everything we're doing now. It's totally worth your time. Um, and uh, with that... Uh, because it I might will... end. Yes. I will see everyone oh, wait, later. Oh, what, what do you... What do you uh, I haven't been on your Twitch in a while. Like, what, do you, what, you, what are you playing right now? Um, right now it's, it's about to be October. So there's going to be a parade of spooky games. Uh, so whatever they are, you'll just have to tune in and see what they might be. I'm not sure. I don't have anything set in stone, but of course at the end of October, Spider-Man two comes out and so does RoboCop rogue city. So man, man, it's going to be, that's, that should carry me through to the end of the year. 
sweet. Does Robocop look actually pretty good? I haven't actually looked into it yet. I don't care. I'm playing it. I don't know if it looks good or not. It's got Robocop. I'm playing it. So, so hey, I have you done Mortal Kombat Genesis 1? One. Yes. Yeah, well, I, I played through we, the story mode did. of Mortal Kombat 1. And okay. so that's also, uh, it's probably still in my archives if you cared. Uh, so yeah. it, okay, it hasn't go got erased it. yet. But um, yes, uh, so I will see everybody later. Goodbye uh, and good night, bang. Bye. Uh, okay, well, I the mean, vet. <laughs> the vet, you know, there he is. Uh, the you vet, gotta, vet, vet. Especially when, when SmackDown's in his town, you have to have him on to at least give his opinion of it. No and shit, then... man. We're texting each other earlier, right? And I was going to say to him, hey, you know what? What are you doing? You want to join us on the smack attack? Because he was already texting nah. me. He already said, he already oh, said well, hey. I love how we have our very yeah, own AJ Styles who, who leaves right. early he's being the vet. Him. And then we have our very own John Cena, you know, Jim, right. who shows up whenever the fuck he feels like yeah, it. Me. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, no, he texted me last night and he's like, hey, I want to be on the show. I was like, okay, I'll send you the link. I was like. He knows sold me the pre. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he he likes me better than you. Uh, uh, anyway. Uh, well, gentlemen, uh, now that we can officially start the show, is there anything we want to talk about not SmackDown related? Is there anything? Or do we want to go to SmackDown and do our regular bullshit after SmackDown? What do you want to do? Well, I just want to... Well, I guess we can point it out when we do talk SmackDown, but I was going to just point out how WWE bragged about Jade Cargill signing, right? Yeah, we already talked about it, Jimmy. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, sorry. I, I, you know, I didn't talk about it. But I like the fact that they were bragging about it. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, we had about a 20-minute conversation about that. Like, legit. Like... <laughs> Todd, by the way, it's Jim T for tonight. Because, uh, like, Jim Uso. So I'm Jim T. Huh. Sir Jim T. Esquire. Mm, okay. Just for the record. Anyway, so <laughs> how about this? Let's just talk SmackDown since we've kind of already gotten the vet's opinion. We can get ours and then we can go from there um, and, and get going. So last night, uh, SmackDown uh, emanated from Sacramento at the Sacramento. Golden One Arena. Uh, and, you know, the big thing of the night was, was John Cena going to make it? Oh, my God. I say dumb there, too. Yeah, like, I mean... Is he going to make it? Is he? uh, You know, I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to build suspense. Because, let's be honest, last week it was... Basically, what happened this week at the end of the show was supposed to happen last week. Right? Um, But because of, you know, COVID and situations, it didn't. So, we kind of pushed it to a week. And so, how do we make it more interesting? Well, we don't know if, like... He's going to make it. Um, but anyway, we had the start of the show be um, Jimmy Uso playing with Solo Sokoa and Paul Heyman. Jimmy Uso. Um, no, well, he's Jimmy Uso. Um, so they come out and we have an opening segment where Paul Heyman is getting booed and he's like, oh, wait, what? You're booing me? Oh, my God. And uh, he does his spiel. And then Jimmy... Holds his hand out, like Roman does, for the mic, and goes, I want my microphone. And he has this kind of annoyed look, and Jimmy does his thing. Um, And the whole time, I like, the whole time is interesting because I love watching Paul Heyman, because when he's not on the microphone, 
the dude knows how to continue to make a story interesting with his the facials and the and his reaction. And so this whole idea of Jimmy saying what he wants to say and Paul's just going like, "What? What the fuck are you doing?" It's just it's great and solo no selling things uh, just as he does. Um, and they you know, but they did oh they showed uh, them attacking AJ Styles and John Cena last week and um, you know it, wait it, you mean there was a recap. Yeah, there was a recap like within the first oh, no. five minutes of the show, like not even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then, uh, then Carl Anderson comes out as the vet says, "I just imagine coming all the way down there to have Carl Anderson come out and defend the honor of AJ I like Styles." This, man. I yeah. actually liked. He showed some fucking passion and some aggression that we haven't seen out of Carl Anderson in WWE in any of his runs, probably, dude. But here's the problem, Jimmy. Just last week, you had him say, we told him not to get involved. We told him not to get involved. Right. And That's now, true. there's no Luke Gallows, which I don't know where Luke Gallows has been, which is weird. Yeah, um, I have no that idea. We have no Luke Gallows. He hasn't been on TV for a while. Um, it's just been Carl and Mishin and stuff like that. Um, and so then you have Carl now. Carl show up. What a name, and, Carl. And, and, like, and, what um, a fucking bad name. You know, he clears the ring, and then all of a sudden, we have to come back for commercial break. We're in a match because, you know, it got made official um, somehow of, of Jimmy Uso versus Carl Anderson. Um, a, a match that I really did not care about, you know, going in. And it was like, okay, cool. And then Jimmy gets the win with an eye rake and then a super kick and an Uso splash and one, two, three. And Jimmy acting like he just won. Like, Jimmy right now is the epitome of that meme of the guy who gets, like, fifth place. And they show him, like, grabbing the medal and, and like, flipping everybody off. And just, like, Jimmy is he's that. He's the plot, man. He's the, no, he's the epitome of that meme. And that's the whole uh, thing about it. It's, it's hilarious, though, in a way. And as he's going back up the ramp, you know, this is where <laughs> was so funny. Like, when Mishin... You know, just slaps the shit out of him, and uh, he falls down. Like you could see, um, Solo kind of almost trying to not break. He was like, "That's true, that's true." There was a couple of times where he, he was trying like, to break, especially man. like that slap and the Jimmy's reaction. Because they just looked at each other straight away right after that. Like, what the and, fuck? And, you know and, what I mean? and Solo, because I think she laid into it. Like, she really popped him hard, and he wasn't expecting it. I, I, <laughs> I feel like he's like, oh, yeah, like oh, it, it really was. Like, me. <laughs> well, because I think he wasn't really expecting her to like really pop it, off, right? and she yeah. laid into it. Because I mean, I'm sorry, you can't fake that noise. You can't fake that. No, she smacked the shit out of him. And you can see Solo going, well, you kind of fucked around and found out. And he's yeah. kind of, you see his face. He goes, he's like adjusting his lips, <laughs> you know, trying good, to keep from laughing. Exactly yeah. Like and then uh, and Jimmy's just kind of got that wide eye look of like, she fucking really, like, uh, other than that, that was the only thing I took away that I actually enjoyed from this whole part uh, for this first 15 minutes of the show. Uh, was there anything you guys liked from this moment of the show in the first 15 minutes? Oh, it was exceedingly boring. I, uh, you know, and I, I want to care about Carl Anderson. Like, I, I got to tell you, like, when they first signed uh, Anderson and Gallows from New Japan, when they first when they first came in as a tag team and they rushed the ring and they were in street clothes and everything, mm -hmm. I legit thought, like, 
oh man, like now that they've got like a bunch of guys from New Japan, they could really have like an almost NWO esque run here with these guys, and they could make some, they could really make some money, you know, based on the idea of an invasion. You know, even if you call them the club, even if you you can't use the, you know the the terms or whatever from right. New Japan, you've got all this talent from New Japan here now. Everybody knows they're from New Japan. New Japan's big enough that they have like some identity, right? Um, and then they just peak too when they got and then they just absolutely dropped the ball. It was yeah. like it was like no fuck these guys. These guys are just jobbers, and uh, it's really frustrating, man. It's frustrating. It's still frustrating to be honest with you. But at this point, this is what Carl Anderson is in WWE. He's there to take a pin for and on behalf of AJ Styles when AJ's opponent needs to get the win, but AJ doesn't feel like doing the job. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is a yeah. shame, though, in my opinion, man. I know a lot of people think, you know, Gallows and Anderson are just a you know a couple of goofballs, and I get that, right? But really, man, they could be so much better. I mean, think of Carl Anderson. I mean, is it just me? Does he look out of shape right now, man? Mm-mm. I know. I mean, yeah, here's so. I've seen him. To he's, saggy. he's been a way worse than he was last night. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think so. Oh, I, I know so. Let's put it this way. Of the two, Jimmy still had to wear the shirt for a reason compared to Carl Anderson. Right, you know, that's true. And, you know, Carl, Carl has looked way worse. Like, yeah, his abs aren't as defined as they had when they first and got his there. his chest is kind of, yeah. I don't know. It's, you know I it's wouldn't say that. On the saggy side. But, like, if you looked at pictures of him in New Japan, shirt off and everything. And he used to be a tank, too, bro. He was on the juice in New Japan. He was, he was a dad bod. He was... When when he got to WWE, I mean, and he said this, like that when he got to WWE, they put him on a workout plan, they put him on a meal plan. Yeah, he's he said this on podcasts and stuff. Like WWE got him to where he needed to be physically for what he was going to do. You know, and I mean, and know that. Oh yeah, like he he did. He he really got locked in with nutrition and weights with wwe and that was the biggest difference for him so that he had that look in the abs and everything along those lines so I'm trying to find a picture there was one time in new japan more at the sort of at the, out of the bullet club run where he looked jacked dude good luck finding it that's all i'm saying but anyway i'm looking, I'm looking. <laughs> but anyway i i mean this this was a, a very poor opening segment for a show that you're trying to build intrigue and interest in, especially when you're what a week away from Fast Lane. You have a pay per view um, in a week, and you're trying to do something to get people on board. Eh, it didn't work for me. This wasn't it, pal, as they say, uh, you know. And so then, after this, after the the slap, we're backstage with Kathy Kelly and Santos Escobar. Um, and look, if you Last night was a perfect example. If you ever wonder why WWE went with Santos Escobar over Andrade Idolo, look at their two backstage segments last night, and you will see a complete difference. You know, where you had Santos Escobar speaking in, you know, pretty good English about what he wanted versus Andrade Idolo, a juice. You have a problem with me. Slower, John. You gotta talk slower. 
Yeah. We'll see you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Saturday night. <laughs> That's the one. I know that's your gimmick, Chris, but like, uh... like it was like I couldn't not hear you, Chris, doing Andrade and just sounding ridiculous and like a kindergartner. Yes. Yep. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yes. I mean, it is my gimmick, but I'm I'm not one of these guys who like is is you know is is freaky about other people using my finisher or whatever in the in the in the locker room you go ahead and you use it man you you lean into that as much as you want it's awesome to me it's just it's just more hilarity to go around about fucking andrade and his english being hilariously bad still and i mean Mm -hmm. like how do you still speak so slowly in english Juice. Uh, <laughs> do you have a problem with me? Why would you? Why you have problem with me? I'll see you Saturday. It's like, bro, what the fuck? Like, He's I know what it's like learning Lord another language. Okay, I speak Spanish. All right, but when I speak Spanish, I just speak fucking Spanish. You know, like you just you just start speaking and just speak. You know, and you're gonna fuck up sometimes, and it's okay. No. Like, that, see, bro. But, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he, it's you could see he's looking for every single word to make sure he's saying it, and that's what he's trying to say. Um, it, it's it, whereas Santos Escobar just comes in, has this conversation with Kathy Kelly about you know his match and that he's he's focused and he's going to give him the match that he wants and he has butterflies, um, and and that um, you know that it's going to be the fight of his life, like very very good, just solid conversation. So yes, size of Andrade versus Santos different. But marketability, I think Santos, uh, yeah, night and day, night and day, you know, different. So, uh, and and of course, we have. Jimmy. And I don't know why I don't know why Andrade doesn't just do what they're doing with with Nakamura right now because that fucking like I watched Raw. Mm. God help yeah. me, I watched Raw this week. Oh, um, but that uh, that fucking promo from Nak was killer, bro. That was probably one of the best parts of the whole fucking show. And guess what? I didn't understand a single fucking word he said. <laughs> it was all in Japanese with subtitles, but it was right. a fucking awesome promo, dude. That got me hyped. That got me actually, I mean, not excited enough to actually order a pay-per-view or anything, but that right. got me fucking stoked for that match. It was like, yeah, this is awesome. Why don't they just do that with Andrade, who is clearly charming, who is clearly <laughs> threatening, who is clearly everything you want somebody to be when they're cutting a promo, but he just can't do it in English, bro. Right. At all. Yeah. Just cut it in Spanish. Subtitles. This yeah. is not. I mean, wh- what the fuck was that show that was that big fucking hit from Korea there? The uh, Squid Game. Squid Game, oh. right? Mm. It's in fucking Korean. But it's a Korean show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but the subtitles and people <laughs> in North America read the fucking subtitles and mm-hmm. everybody loved the fucking show. Like, right. come on, man. Yeah, it's not that hard. You know, you have some like think about like uh the the Oscar movie one, the Parasite movie. It was Korean yeah. and it was the subtitles and everybody loved it and it won, 
you know, best picture of the year, like two or three years ago. You know, I mean, it's, it's that idea, uh, the train to, the train to Busan, I think it was, uh, you know, zombie movie. Everybody was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And Korean subtitle. Sometimes it's because it's different, Jimmy. That's, I think that, and Chris, I think this is what we're getting at. We sometimes want different. And that's why the Asuka and the Shinsuke thing work is because we don't understand what they're saying. They could just be saying fucking gibberish, but it sounds awesome and it's different. And when you do it passionately, it makes it a lot more fun and a lot more like, oh my God, I kind of like this now. This is what I want. And so with Andrade, we just need to lean into that. Okay, so he doesn't speak English. Cool. Do what they're doing. Let him just be like, you know, you know, puto, you know, whatever it is he's going to say and let him go off in Spanish. And we just... Puta yeah. madre. Yeah. Whatever. Where's la masca? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like he would flow a lot better and be a lot more pat. Like, he doesn't look like a kindergartner trying to say a sentence, you know? And that's the problem. Well, I'm supposed to take this guy seriously who can't speak because he. <laughs> like, he with looks like D, he's contemplated and thinking really hard <laughs> with, you know, trying to say a guy's name. Like, he's just trying to say it, and it's too hard for him. Dude. Yeah. Uh, or, or, and I think, you know, and then Todd Brantley says, give him a mouthpiece. I think we saw that with Zelina. The mouthpiece thing doesn't work. You know? It doesn't. It does, think... He doesn't need a mouthpiece. Just yeah. have him cut fucking promos in Spanish and do his subtitles. Yeah. And, like, if you need him to do something in person, that's okay. You can have him. But don't have him come out and cut a fucking promo. Somebody, somebody talks shit, and he can just walk out. He can fucking say something in Spanish and they can be like, oh, I don't understand. I don't even understand what you're fucking saying. Why don't you try to speak English? Ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. And he can respond with something like, something like, nobody is ready for Asuka, which is the only <laughs> thing I've ever heard Asuka say that I understand. Yeah. Right. But she can still fucking do in-ring segments with people because mm-hmm. she's learned how to say like one fucking thing and she says it so well and so threatening and she's backed everything up with what she's done in the ring it doesn't matter i don't even think i, I don't even think they need a mouthpiece i, I just mm-hmm. think he needs to he needs to figure out how to say a line that is going to be really fucking good for him right and yeah. he needs to cut that line in ring that's it mm-hmm. and everything else they can just subtitle Right. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, think about this. I, one of the big, you know, we've talked about this before. One of the biggest pops we had at a wrestling show that I went to was Minoru Suzuki, who all he said was, I speak little English, but fuck you. And that's all he said. I mean, anything else he said, nobody understood. But he said that and the crowd erupted, right? Because. <laughs> Who doesn't want to hear Murder Grandpa say fuck you to somebody? I mean, even when he was here and he uh, fucking, uh, he, uh, gosh, fucking pole drived uh, Bronson Reed, which was amazing to see in person because I was like, what the fuck, right? He's like, I come back here. And that was all he said. Everyone popped. But the fuck you would have been the best, man. Oh, like, but, but I mean, that's, that's the whole thing right now is we, just let people be themselves. And I think that's the problem is Andrade comes across as he's not himself. And so therefore, like, Chinga, madre. Right. <laughs> let, let, the revamp. let them be who they are. Let them be themselves. Let them speak in their natural tones and just enjoy it for what it is, you know? And, and that's, I think the biggest problem is we're not doing that. And so, 
you know, uh, but we, we can't fix everything. We got to let people figure it out for themselves sometimes, you know, just like, you know, when you have kids, they're going to learn sometimes, hey, don't touch that. It's hot. Or don't stick True. your finger in a socket. And, it's going to electrocute you. Um, and he's got to stop stretching his words because it reminds you of triple, triple hitch. Well, well, it's just he's it's the way that he's doing Jimmy is why he's doing that is because I he's trying to make point. sure he's saying the right word in English and he's I'm thinking about that next this. word. So. Anyway, he changed his name to Enrique yeah. instead of Andrade. Enrico Suave. Um, look, <laughs> you can't look, you have to admit the dude's a closer. He fucking had Charlotte for a minute. Not that I like Charlotte, but didn't they break I, up? I don't know. I don't care. But you know, the fact that they were together, that's, you know, that says something. Yeah, no, that's kind of weird, bro. That's he weird. I, I don't know what he's... Yeah. Charm. He looks, but anyway. looks flat-asses, bro. I don't know. It's not me. It's, it's not me. He's like, oh, hola, mami. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so we, after this backstage segment, we have Jimmy running roughshod, uh, pushing employees, and Heyman grabs his phone and calls Roman. Uh, and then after this, we have the Grayson Waller effect with Bobby Lashley and, uh, uh, you know... It, this was again. I, oh my god! Hey, can I just say what the mm. fuck was Lashley wearing? We yeah, we kind of talked about that. Um, as that well. was fucking yuck. I we called it a I called it a, a, a suit cardigan. Um, a suit and, cardigan. And I said yeah. that basically the WWE had uh, had a budget for the maximum male models. Um, and they just had like a bunch of really awful, you know, stylish clothes that people in France mm-hmm. would think are cool. Um, and but everybody else in the world realizes it's <laughs> fucking lame as shit. Shit, um, shit us to the Crab Cat Labret. <laughs> crab Cat, Crab Cat. Uh, yeah. Put your paws up. Morale, click, click. Yeah, on, guys. That, and and Todd, that was the first <laughs> thing I thought last night was Bobby Lashley looked like he was going for Black Mister Rogers. Blackjack, Mr. And Rogers. how fake was he coming across, man? Oh, well, he, but that's the thing. You know, like, okay, here, here's what I want you to remember, Jimmy. They had him trying to be babyface and stuff. Uh, media M5 with the uh, comment of the night. Sorry, we just got to uh, highlight that. Yes, yes. <laughs> boobies. 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 Um, you know, <laughs> he is fake because he's, you know, trying to portray this, you know, got nice guy persona, but he's a heel. And he's working the uh, street yeah. profits heel, right? And I'm so, going to say it now, John. Fuck this. He's going nowhere. This shit. They don't know what to do. I'm convinced. I, look, I'm going to disagree. This is again. We are like, what did I say last week, Jimmy? They have to. He had to do something to build and and turn these guys heel. It's a slow process. It's a build. And now we're seeing this dogs. week, Jimmy. We, what did I just say? Look, this week he's doing he's doing that thing where he's made that transition, and we're seeing that this week. You know, that's part of this. You know, when he comes out, you know, they talked about the street provinces. I don't want to talk about that, and I don't I don't want anything to do with Austin Theory. Um, um, and then the street profits come out, um, and he tells them, "Hey, I want you to prove it." And walks away, and then they bring Austin Theory out to the ring as Bobby Lashley goes by. They give each other a look. And then, um, you know, I mean, this whole thing was, all right, Bobby is trying to groom these guys. And to be to do that, he wants them to be healed. He wants them to get serious. This is what they're doing. And we're going to come across as two lap dogs, right? 
that just want to impress their fucking daddy, pretty much. And but they have to be told what to do, which is even worse. And, and the thing because is, they're man, not heels. They're not heels. Whatever so- the. F- well, they're nothing at this point, in my opinion, man. They're not heels. They're not baby faces. They're just in absolute uh, purgatory. You know what right they now. scream to me? Like I, so listen, What's guys. That? Like I, I grew, I grew up in. You, you know where I grew up. I grew up in the middle of right. nowhere, right? I, I, but, in the sticks. But like the the town that I'm <laughs> from has like fifteen thousand people, so it's not like there was nobody around. I had a group of friends that I hung out with, right? But right. like, what the street prophets basically remind me of is, you know, that guy who's like in the gang, right? Like he's in a gang, right? But his parents have like a 401k right. and like drive a Lexus or whatever, right? He's like, he's no, in the he's gang, gang, but he's not, he's not really going to like, he's yeah, not really a really, hitter, right? He's yeah, not, they don't fight, man. They don't, they're not really fighters. They don't yeah. want to get involved really. They're just sort of in the right. shadows. But they're, they're, like, they're in the gang, but when it's know? time to actually throw down, they're like, oh right. guys, I, uh, I, I, my parents are really on me about homework right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. That's 100%. basically what the street profits are right now. They're like uh, Papa Doc from the from the <laughs> Eight Mile movie, right? It's like it's like yeah, you, you you know your parents have a real nice marriage, brother. Like like yeah. you relax over there. That's basically what the street profits. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. basically sorry, how the street profits true. come off. It's true, and it's hurting them, man. I, I really do think. I know, John, you're trying to say they're trying to tell a story. What the fuck is his story, man? I was hyped at first for this shit. No shit, I really was. But now I'm getting sick of it. We're not progressing, really. they still got the same damn song. So how are you going to get any heat with that fucking song coming out? And like at, this you... point, at this point, it seems to me like they're, the WWE writers are stuck on one thing, and that's uh, 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 gang stuff. Uh, hey, <laughs> Sopranos was big, and, uh, and, then, and then so was Sons of Anarchy. Those, those were really important shows, so we'll just... Everybody will be a gang, and every the gangs will all be gangs, and then the, the you know we'll have the, the you know gang, the, gang. the gang leader will have his suit, and he'll be real nice looking, and then he'll have a gang, and then and then Roman will have his gang, and then the Judgment Day, and then that'll be a gang run by a woman. See, it's different. Latino it's World different because it's run by a woman. And if you notice, it's race segregated too, Chris. The gangs. Have you noticed it's, that? It's starting to do that again too. Again, like mm-hmm. fucking again. again. Like we already no did shit. that. We already it had really DOA is. versus Los Boricuas <laughs> yeah. for absolutely and, fuck and all. We are the nation of domination. Exactly. No, but really, they hey, are. But they had, but they had the gangs a, are but, but listen, hey, not 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 the nation, okay? Because the nation also had Owen Hart, right? So and yeah. Crush yeah. and Crush too, actually. Crush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but yeah, right. but it's true. When you break it down, man, you got a German group, or sorry, uh, a Nazi group. Really, let's be honest. That's what they fucking are. All right. You've got, you know, you've got your your black crew with, you know, the street prophets and and Lashley. You don't oh. have a right to call them Nazi. Only Chris does because Chris's country recognizes Nazi uh, soldiers in the, in their that's, government. That's right. They we gave them a oh. standing ovation. Oh yes, yeah. you're all right. The, that, yeah. Of all the fucking yeah. round of applause for that. So you don't <laughs> get to call <laughs> Imperium Nazi. Chris is the only one on this show. My bad. That's allowed to determine if someone's a Nazi or not because his country <laughs> recognizes and gives them a standing ovation. Also, because my grandfather was legitimately a Nazi and my grandmother, who he married, was half Jewish. So I get to just 
I get to just spray in all fucking directions on that one, brother. I get to there just go. go fucking all over the place. I don't right. need. I get to just unload the fucking clip on that man. Just brap, <laughs> just brap. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, oh, anyway, but yeah, I mean, but and I, I get it. Which I get what you're saying, Jimmy. But you, you know, this is the problem. We either want long term storytelling or we blow our load too quick. You got to have that medium. And I, I really feel like. We're, we haven't gotten far enough along with this yet to be where it's stuck. You know, I feel like there has been progress made since the beginning. They have been slowly drilling it along, but there has been progress every time. It's not like the same thing over and over and over again where we see five I matches again. I beg to differ right now, man. Uh, well, that's because you're an idiot, I... and that's okay. Um, oh, jeez. You know, right. you, you don't understand <laughs> storytelling. That's fine. Um, you just that's storytelling? Get it in. You, yeah, you want to hit it in Call it, me Jimmy. crazy, but is that really story? If that's storytelling, yes, Jimmy. that's fucking lazy as shit, man. Jimmy, and I'm, I'm Jimmy. not even a storyteller. I'm just saying. One of the best movies of all time, Lord of the Rings trilogy, right? Minimum right. of three and a half hours for all those movies. Are you going to tell me they could have cut that down and made it better? No, no. no as a matter no. of fact, as a matter of fact, I like the extended, the extended versions series. are way better. Because they're way yeah. better, Jimmy. But you can't compare these to that. Come on. Yes, I can, Jimmy. Because well, that's the thing. thing. That's the thing. Well, here's here, here's I'm gonna I'm inter I'm gonna interject between the two of you because I okay. think that Please. you both have points. I think you both have points. To be honest with you, like I understand where 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 you're where you're coming from, John. Is that like okay? Give them time. Let them see where they're gonna get to and everything. But I also understand where Jimmy's coming from, and I actually I, I'm I think I'm leaning a little bit more towards what Jimmy's saying, only because well. I don't see what the point is. Like, why are the Street Profits acting this way? I want to see something where it's just them two and they're talking backstage and they're conflicted, right? I want to see them not like Bobby's gone. Bobby left for the night. He's pissed off mm -hmm. at them for whatever, right? And you've got just them two and they're talking, right? And, and you know, Montez is like, it, whichever one of them, maybe it's, maybe it's Dawkins, maybe it's Montez, right? So, Dawkins is saying, oh, man, like, we really need to step it up for Bobby. And Ford's like, man, like, why are we even doing this? Like, what? I don't – this isn't us. I, I want to come out with our cups. I want to have fun. I want to have a good time. And then you have Dawkins say something to him like, yeah, okay, bro, but, like, we've been doing that for how long? And we, we're losing more than we're winning. Like, we need – I want to see a conversation like that between the two of them mm -hmm. to convince me why they're even bothering to follow Bobby in the first place. Right. Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, man, I, I'm the kind of person who I didn't feel like I almost never felt and never feel um, uh, what's it called? Uh, pressure from people around me i don't ever feel peer pressure we'll, mm -hmm. we'll put it that way right like i just never do right i've never drank alcohol i've never done drugs i've never had a puff of a cigarette i've never done any of those things okay me too and what both of you guys i know chris hasn't but even you john yeah no i'm 44 wow. years i've never done any of that stuff yeah you know? okay and, and you know like there's a lot of people around me growing up who were like, yeah, man, have a drink, bro. You know, I'd go to parties and stuff. I'd go to parties just to hang out, like, but I didn't drink. And yeah. people would be like, oh, come on, man. You'll be cooler if you drink. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah. I don't care. I don't, I don't feel it, right? But I understand yeah. that it is something that people feel. But if that's the story that you actually want to tell, 
with the street profits is that they're being pushed into it thanks to peer pressure because I want to know why, right? Mm. Why are they even bothering to listen to this fucking guy? Because yeah. who is he? Who is he? He's just some it's guy. True, he's not, he's, he's, it's not like they're talking to Paul Heyman and they're mm. like, oh, yeah, listen, man, Paul's been – Paul's been the manager for 18,000 world champions in the past. And look at all the people he's, he's been a manager for. This is just Bobby Lashley in a suit. Like, why do I give a fuck what you're saying to me, Bobby? Because right? he is, I mean, regardless of what you can say, he has won the world heavyweight championship twice, you know? Okay. And, and I mean, he has, there is he's won it, but he's not a fucking, but he, but again, like all I'm saying is if there is a story here as to why I want to know what the fucking story is. Right. Actually, tell me the story, and don't just be like, "Yeah, so uh, somehow Palpatine returned." Like, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy that. That's not good storytelling, right? Somehow, they care what Bobby Lashley said is not good fucking storytelling. Tell the fucking story. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I, and I and I and I will agree with you on that. In the sense that yes, there isn't the motivation. I would say the the implied motivation is Bobby has one goal. He's won the U.S. title. He's won the Intercontinental. He's won the heavyweight championship. He knows how to win, and so in turn, he wants to do that with them. But it's that story's not being told fully. But we're seeing the little bits to get there. I agree with you, Chris. That yes, more can be done. I like the ideas of hey, why are we doing this? And Bobby says, Bobby saying, guys, look, if you want to be like me, you want to have the suits and the money and the gold, you need to follow these things that I'm telling you, and that means doing these things. And I think part of it, like last week, we saw that backstage of you have to have that killer instinct. If you're going to hesitate, you're going to lose. And you know, and he was disappointed and angry. That was the first, I think step in the storytelling process but it should have been done more you know like the the reason why they're doing it they want to get gold they want to do these things and i think it's been implied but not voiced and that's where the storytelling has fallen short in that aspect and you the fact that you have to infer a lot of these things makes it harder you know in the storytelling process um not and not necessarily good but you know like i said i'm not at that point yet where i'm done with it but I'm getting to the point to be like, okay, where at least I'm seeing progress where there's other stories that I'm like, I'm done with this because it feels like we're telling the same story. Like we've done the same matches four or five times in a row or things along those lines. I'm, I'm ready to be over this kind of thing. So anyway, we had uh, them talking backstage um, and then Theory comes out and we had Dragon Lee in attendance. And he's on the side going, yay, look at me. I'm here with my black mask and, um, you know, trying to show that everybody knows who I am. Um, and then uh, we had a match with Cameron Grimes versus Austin Theory and Grayson Waller on the outside. Um, Cam's and Cameron Grimes is alive, apparently. Um, <laughs> he gets the jobber entrance, as uh, the vet pointed out. Um, no music or anything. He's just in the ring. True. Um, so for you would think with the amount of money Cameron Grimes had, he would pay for a decent entrance, but you know, or pay Fox to be able to, you know, have a decent entrance, you know, for the show, but apparently not. You know, uh again, this is a match that I'm like, okay, you know, hey, cool. Cameron Grimes is back. Great to see it. 
And then, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, there was nothing wrong with this match, I felt, per se. Like, I felt it, you know, if I'm honest, Theory and Grimes, you know, had good chemistry in the ring together. There was just nothing outstanding about this match. There was nothing memorable that made me go, oh, yay. Uh, This was a great match. It was a match to have a match. But I will say this. It was nice to see Cameron Grimes on TV. That's all I have to say about this. Is there anything else you guys want to add to this? I couldn't care less about Grimes at this point. I mean, neither does WB also. I mean, didn't he have millions? Didn't he go to the moon? Supposedly. Where is he now? Yeah, uh, I guess crypto's gone bad suddenly for him, right? Crypto's been bad for a long time. Oh, yeah. Someone tell him that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, was there anything about this, Chris, you wanted to comment on or anything? I like Cameron Grimes as a talent. Mm. I think that uh, they should let him grow his hair and his beard out again because mm. that's what made him stand out. And, uh, yeah, the match was fine. These guys worked hard for what they were given, but um, yeah. they weren't given a lot, and they didn't get a lot. Right. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, okay, and then after this, with the Austin Theory win, um, and Austin walks towards Dragon Lee and kind of gives him a whatever. And, uh, you know, they go backstage to Kayla, and she's with Rey Mysterio, and he um, talks about asking about Escobar's comments from earlier. And that LW is family, and he knows how hard Santos worked, and he grew up watching his dad. He has nothing but love and respect for Santos, but to be careful for what you wish for. And every time he sits in the ring, he expects the best from his opponent, and he tells us far that it's going to give him the fight of his life as he walks down to the ring. So um, we've built up this for a while. Like, I'm going to be honest, this was, you know, part of the night has been spent the, the idea that, hey, this is a big match, or making a big match feel. It's in the middle of the show. We want to really kind of highlight that transition from the seven o'clock hour to the eight o'clock hour. So let's do that with this match. You know, this is our main event kind of match of the night. Um, and then we have, so we have this United States Championship match of Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar. And, you know, they played their greatest hit. You know, um, I really, but, I, but I'm saying that in a positive way. I enjoyed this match. You know, they're they they did a very good job of telling a story and um, you know and, and putting on a match that was worthy in making this U.S. title seem significant. You know, it, it didn't do anything to devalue the the title, and the match was was good in the long run. I think for for everything going on. Um, you know, um, I you look, we we uh, you had the arrow spot where Santos Escobar does the uh, tope suicida through the ropes and hits Ray. Look, anytime he does that, I'm always just scared because man, that dude goes flat out and you know through the through the thing, and then he keeps it out of the ring. And I'm just like, what if they miss it, man? He's gonna head, you know, he's just gonna face plant into the ramp or something. But he he hits it every time. Rey Mysterio hits all of it. I mean, they do. Like, the thing about this match, it was they did just enough lucha to make it entertaining, but not too much to be like, what the fuck is this? You know? Well, this was a great TV match, actually, and it was definitely the match of the night. I I was surprisingly into this match myself. I mean, yeah, sure, there was a few times where it felt like, you know, spot, 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 spot. 
You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it is what it is. But for what it was, I thought it was the match of the night and it was a great match to actually watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris, what did you think? Uh, this match was more about the story that they were telling, yeah. and I really liked 100%. that. I, this, uh, it wasn't about moves. It was that the story that they were telling was basically like, um, will Santos Escobar uh, unleash the hunter? Basically, right. um, you know, is he going to really let you know get himself in second gear? Is he really going to you know push it? Is he going to be as aggressive as he needs to in order to get the win against Ray? And I think that. They did a really good job of telling the story that no, he's not gonna. He he can't. He he doesn't want to do that. He he very clearly like there were some moments where you could see that the fire was bubbling up a little bit, right? Oh, for um, sure. You know that uh, that legato del fantasma was coming out a little bit, but nowhere near what he was gonna need to beat Ray on the night. And uh, I think that they did a really good job of telling that story. The facial expressions and everything from Santos Escobar were great. Um, Ray needs to test out his fucking masks better, bro. Because he's it's always he, loose. No, he's always fucking with the mask, yeah. like constantly during the match. They was up on the fucking ring post at one point, and like he had to like move it because it looked like he was choking him. And then at one point, <laughs> he was he was doing like a almost dead cell, but like he couldn't do the dead cell because while he was laying there for a dead cell, he's fiddling with his fucking mask. And it's like, dude. You gotta fucking work it out before you use it. Like, yeah. make sure it's gonna work. Um, little piece of advice, and I mean, listen, I'm giving advice to Ray Mysterio on what to do, and that's <laughs> hilarious, right? But you that know, Ray hilarious. maybe needs to work work on the mask before he, you know, before he goes out there with it. Um, on, his, on his what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. It sounded like you had an accent. His, they were okay. All right. All right. Um, yeah, but uh, but other than that, this was a great match, not because of the moves. It was a great match because of the really clear entertaining story that was told and they can get a lot more out of it because of the way that they did this match and i'm for one i'm really glad that they didn't have santos turn on him here because Mm. it'll allow for way more emotion when santos finally does right because when santos finally does turn it can be it can be listen ray i have tried right i have tried to be good i have tried right but the only way I can beat you is by letting the evil part of me out. Is right. by letting the hunter loose, and then the ghost, you know, the fantasma, the ghost. <laughs> I, I need to let I need to let it out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this was great. This again, not because of the moves. I'm not saying the moves were great. I'm saying the story that was told was a clear and b exciting. It was great. Right. Yeah. yeah, it really did tell a story, man. And I, in fact, I actually feel like um, Santos was kind of carrying this match in many ways when you think about it, man. So, but look, these two gel well together. I'm looking forward to when he does turn. It's just when he does, it's going to be obvious, man. But what about later on when uh, the other Legato guys come in? You know how Lashley was in the, like, in the entrance ramp like area, right? The fact he's that he just mowed there. down DJ Z like like <laughs> dead cell. Fucking, Boom. That's it. Oh, how that, fucking uh, hard was that elbow, man? That looked like he really just boom. And the that was Z, sold that, it like a champ. That was Z selling like a motherfucker. Yeah, that's what I'm and saying, right? He sold he, it like a champ. He did that well even like all the way back in his impact run. He's he's yeah. a really good 
he's really good at dead selling for bigger, stronger guys. He, yeah. he does. He a really made that good look job. like a million bucks, bro. Like it looked, looked, looked like he got hard, shot. Man. It was oh bang. God, bro. It was like, ooh. Oh, oh. <laughs> and all Lashley did was just this, like, boom. <laughs> and he just ran into straight into the elbow, man. Beautiful. But, I mean, if you think about this, too, it's Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley is one solid motherfucker. Like, if you're running down full sprint at D, you know, as DJZ and Bobby Lashley decides to put his arm out, you're probably going to do that anyway in real mm, life. Yeah. You know, but, Absolutely. you know, he did a great job of selling it. And, I mean, and it's – it's Bobby Lashley. Like I, I, that's the thing I think we forget sometimes that Bobby Lashley is a fucking unit. I mean, he's been wearing the suits. He hasn't been showing off the body or whatever. But Bobby Lashley is a fucking unit. And it was it was actually funny when they were all standing in the ring with the Street Profits, and like they're all wearing suits, right? So you mm. shouldn't be able to see that there's much difference in the size. But they had a side by side view where they were both like looking at each other, right? And, like, Bobby Lashley is just, like, from chest to back, he's, like, that. Like, that dude is, like, he's as wide from chest to back as most people are from shoulder to shoulder. He's just yeah. a fucking Hulk. Yeah. Um, oh, you, oh, Media M5 wants to know how many times I can say Bobby Lashley in 10 minutes. Uh, bro, I can say it all night long. Bro, um, if you think he says worse. Bobby Lashley too often, yeah, you should you Jeff. should go back. Yeah, you should go back and listen to some of our shit we did with Jeff, man. That, yes. It, Jeff's in love with Bobby Lashley. Jeff, Jeff is. Jeff played the theme. If Jeff was and not marrying La, La Sicaria, he he probably would marry Bobby Lashley, um, <laughs> most likely. Um, uh, so uh, anyway, at least he would have at least had a you know a very long romance with him. I'm not sure right. if they would have gotten married. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. right. But um, you know, so after so like as we said after this match, it looked like. Uh, Santos was obviously upset because he could not um, defeat Ray. Ray just proved again too much, too wily, too much going on uh, for what he needed. But uh, we weren't sure. It was looking like, you know, Santos was going to be like, uh, I don't know about this guy. I don't know if I want to shake his hand. And then we had the Street Profits interact and be like, oh, I'm going to come after y'all because, you know, um, you know, uh, I don't. I don't like the fact that y'all are. Um, what you call it? Uh, we're we're doing that killer instinct that Bobby wanted, and uh, you know, this is this is what we're working with. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure how this necessarily um, played out um, because it's like you said, they're doing it because Bobby wanted to. And, um, and and it, it leaves that kind of the one thing I will say is this: we're we're getting that step of the harder street profits, and we're also getting that idea that um, we're still not sure about Santos Escobar and Ray and where they stand with each other. So um, so we're looking at that going forward, going, huh? How's this going to play out in the end? Um, I personally, that's what I think. Um, as far as these stories go, you're you're telling two stories at the same time, and how are we going about doing it? And this is Look, the way they're, they're doing it. My main issue also is the fact that Lashley hasn't been used properly since he was meant to have that match with Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania that never happened. Before that, his last match was what Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. When was his last match? Think about that shit for a moment. That's man. a good question. I don't know. It's been a minute. It's been 
It's been a minute, man. It's been nearly a year. Why? Look, that doesn't I make sense. I can't tell you. You know, if I could, I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be here. Yeah, maybe yeah. Bobby's injured. I don't know. It could be. Maybe. You know, if it's a, if it's a head injury though that's keeping him out of the ring, he doesn't need to worry. As soon as his contract is up, AEW will sign him. Right. <laughs> right. Because you know. No, but really, someone in the chat can can you please can someone point out when that when his last match was in WWE? I'm curious now. I'm sure someone will look it up. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, keep moving. Yeah, we're gonna keep moving. Uh, it, it's it's one of those things. Anyway, uh, so after this, uh, we see security not hold street profits back. We don't see them hold back. Um, you know. LWO, anything along those lines, they 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 are able to hold back Dragon Lee. So hey, they did their job, right? Right? They did their job of holding back the one person who looked like he didn't belong there from getting into the ring. So yeah, good job. Um oh uh Retro Rocket says Bobby has a groin injury. Um no, he, I think he's fucking stuff around. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I wanted to read that because it was funny. Because uh, you didn't let me finish. It says he bent over and hurt himself picking up all of his money. So thanks a lot, do Jimmy. You, do you remember when he was doing that damn stupid gimmick, man, when he was bending over, spreading his ass cheeks? Like, what the no. fuck, bro? You don't? No, Ugh. I don't. I do not. I do not. Thank God. Think back to the um, the little fucker, uh, Leo Rush, when he was his manager. It was during that time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, after this, we go to commercial break. After his that, last match was in June, by the way. June. Okay. June? Where? Um, Who cares? It was in June. All right. House show in Mobile in Mobile, Alabama. House show. He defeated Baron but, um, Corbin. Forget it. Last show. time on, on TV was now? SmackDown, and it was uh, sorry January, February, March, April, May, May twelfth uh, of this year. It's gotta be May. Wow. It's gonna be me. So, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be me. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, personally, at this point, we just you know we we see that they're they're back um, in the backstage. We have the LWO, um, and Kayla comes in. She congratulates Ray, and Escobar cuts her off, and he says, "This was the best night of my life, of my career." But the Street Profits attacked him. And Ray tells her that the LWO is going to challenge Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits at Fastlane. So cool. Um, so we're, so here's my question, right? There's what four LWO, and there's three three of Bobby and and the Street Profits. So who's sitting out and who's wrestling? Is it going to be Santos and Joaquin and the other guy Del Toro, or is Ray? Is it going to be Ray and Santos and one of those guys? What do y'all what do y'all think? It'll be Ray and Santos. And then who's will they do like what DJZ? Uh, DJZ is not they they they, they don't want to do anything with the other two guys for some reason. It's I'm true. not really sure why. They've got a stable with two single stars and a tag team, but every single time they have a tag team, they just put the two single stars in there. It, it, right. I don't why do they keep running that? It it's fucking infuriating from a logic standpoint, but I mean I guess what they're trying to tell me is just that the other two guys are completely useless and can't win a match. But like, 
Well, I'm hearing that they're going to debut Carlito very shortly again. Now, there's talk of debuting quite a few, like even... (laughs) For fuck's sake, Jimmy. What? I'm being serious. This is what I've heard. I'm not saying that's what I think. But you know what? Maybe Carlito can be the third person instead. It'd make more sense than having either uh, Del Toro or fucking DJZ. Well, I mean, because here's the thing. If... You've got that idea of, okay, well, we've got um, Santos and we've got, um, you know, all this, but you have all these guys. How are we going to make it work? You know, how do we make um, Bobby Lashley work? How do we make, you know, if we're doing, if we're going to do all these things, we need to start using these guys, you know, and they're the pin eaters. So if you're going to elevate Bobby and them, why not put Del Toro and them in there with like just Ray or just Santos? And go forward. I don't get it. It's it's I'm one of these cool things. I'm cool with that if it goes like that. But if we're going to have Santos and Ray, then we're going to need someone equivalent, right? You'd think. I guess. I don't know. I, look, it's just it's just weird. Um, you know, why they do, they're do they doing it the way they do it, I don't know. It, it's just fucking weird. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. After that, we had... Um, uh, oh, this is where we the announced team talk about the Jade Cargill signing, uh, which again I think we all we talked about, which was very interesting storm for us. Is coming to WWE boys, you know the idea of hey we're gonna keep uh, you know we're gonna stand let her keep the back. Name. There's a hurricane <laughs> coming. Sorry, no, that's not, yeah. <laughs> There's a Cargill coming. Um, you know, uh, but I, you know I, I I I did find this interesting in the fact that it was hey this is jade cargill and you know normally you don't see that especially someone no, coming from from a, a, a different promotion a separate thing um hey we're gonna this is what we're doing and seeing and so uh it and then the fact that they recognize hey our our signing of jade Car like they made it it's it, it feels like um when when the NFL when a team signs a free agent, you know, and they, they got a big free agent signing, they really went all out in making this happen and go, oh yeah, we have this free agent that we're signing. Cool. Yeah. Um it's like it, the Bucks it, with the Damian Lillard thing the other week. Yes. Yes. You know Damn um, can't believe that. That is a damn. Look, it was but uh I and I like this. I like this idea of it. And I know we kind of talked about it earlier with the Fed about how we're probably maybe this is an endeavor thing where we're going to see more of the idea that, hey, you know, we want to see these people retain their names because this is what they're known for. You know, that's, I think, the bigger thing. That we're and I think see. that this company is more interested in building stars. And I think that the, yeah. the WWE's whole thing of like, ah, oh, no, the marquee's going to say WWE and that'll bring in all the people we need. We don't need stars. And I don't think that's going to fly anymore with TKO being in charge. They're mm-hmm. going to be like, no, no. Right. Listen, Conor McGregor sells pay-per-views. Uh, get yourselves some Conor McGregors. Right. Exactly. I think that's, I think that's, and that, and that's, you know, it, but we see that tonight. What, what again? This is the third week in a row where we see the show end with a non-wrestling segment, and who's involved? John Cena, right? If that doesn't scream, we want to build stars, and we want stars to be involved. And you have someone like John Cena who's in the show 
doing it. I think we're seeing that shift in that direction. So, um, because after this, after the Jay Cargo thing, we see John Cena arriving to the arena. Um, and then uh, we go to commercial break. And after that, we have the backstage segment of the night with the El- Elton Prince recovery video. Um, and then, of course, the Brawling Brutes talking about how they should really have broken his leg instead of his shoulder. Um, so that was good. And then we have... Uh, do I have to say it? Do I have to say what we have next? Charlotte Flair versus uh, Bailey with Dakota Kai and Neo Sky outside. I mean... Dakota Kai. Uh, yeah, this match sucked, bro. It, it was not good. It was not it good. It sucked. I, 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 I it would have been a lot better considering the two women that were actually in the match. I mean, hey, thinking is one thing, but, you know, actually doing is another, apparently. So, and they didn't do it with this match at all for me. So, I don't know. It This was... This was... First of all, like we kind of talked about, that fucking outfit that Charlotte wore was so goddamn stupid. Um... Like what the hell, Charlotte? Are you? And why isn't why isn't Bailey showing off her ass? I don't understand this. She hasn't been since they've been on this, you know, uh, what you call it, damage control bit. She's been kind of like that, you know. More... I don't know, man. I don't know, man. They, they you you remember what she wore at that fucking Puerto Rico pay per view? Well, yeah. But... All right. Her, her right, is getting right. sort of bigger and bigger as the weeks go by. Not that it's a and, bad thing. I'm just saying. And? No, no, I'm just noticing. She must have gone from, say, a size 10 at one stage. She looks like she's pushing 14 right now. But a good 14. She looks good. Uh, look, I've never wanted to say, like, you know, you know, Bailey didn't look good. I, especially that backside. That was... So, like and I mean, people, people, people disallow her front side. She's very proportionate, you know, on both sides. Yeah, like she's she's very proportionate. Um, yeah. but Bailey, uh, Bailey can touch it anytime yeah. she wants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I agree. Um, she she's allowed. Um, but I don't know. Uh, and uh, I, there was something that was said at the beginning of this match. I'm looking at. I'm trying to remember. I'm look, I wrote it down last night. It was, and, and this is kind of where I feel like this not only applied to Bailey, but to Charlotte as well. It was when Charlotte said, You were one of the four horsemen, and now you're a stepping stone. You know? But I feel like that is Charlotte voicing her own opinion about herself as well. It can apply to Charlotte too. Like, and so this match to me had nothing to it because it was like, eh, You know, I, I don't care. I don't care. You know, um, because it wasn't, it didn't mean anything. Never be close. You know, which imagine, imagine three, two to three years ago, we're sitting around talking about wrestling, and we say, can, you know, that a match between Charlotte and Bailey is not going to mean anything. I mean, think about it. this is a match yep. that we had on a Friday night, a week before pay per view, for nothing, it, for nothing, a Bailey versus Charlotte match, right? I don't know. No, I mean, you're right. You know, the, I, and I think that the thing about the match was the match was okay, but it just it meant absolutely nothing, and it felt like a waste. It really did um, for for what we got, and I just 
I don't know. I was severely disappointed. And then the end, of course, you have them jumping, and then here comes Asuka, and like I was like, so was Bailey saying that she's giving Charlotte the match or Oscar the match? And uh, I did like Eo going, "Hey, that no, she didn't say that. That's not what she said." Because Oscar was talking in Japanese, and and Eo knows Japanese and and but can speak English, and she goes. No, no, no! She didn't say that. You can know. I don't. I don't know. I, she didn't want a title match. That's not what she said. You know. Um, I did find that very funny. But so wait, who's getting? Is it going to be another triple threat match with Io and Charlotte and Oscar? Based off the end of it, because I was a yeah. little confused. Yeah, it's triple threat. <sighs> For fuck's sake. Yeah, which is why Io was upset because holy fuck, why do I have to defend against two people? Why are you getting me involved in this shit? Right. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that and that makes, but still, it's. I don't know. Lebreth's comment, man, that was that was great. The last comment. <laughs> Baby's cakes versus Charlotte's pancakes. Yes, well, we <laughs> want more cake. That's all. Pretty I'm much. I honestly think that anybody who's attracted to Sh- to Charlotte Flair just is like. Is just secretly really wants to fuck Ric Flair. They're just they're the <laughs> really really big fans of Ric Flair. Are you saying I don't want my mask? Shout outs to RBV, who I'm pretty sure is just harboring some homosexual, uh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's images, man. You're not, you're not wrong though. Look, (laughs) Charlotte Flair is like, Charlotte Flair is like, what would it be like to fuck Ric Flair if he was a girl? That's basically Charlotte. It's, yeah, it's not good. That's fail, Chris. It's not good. going to start hunting. During, bro. Uh, that was I'm gonna great. I'm gonna that was great. Okay, so after this, that's, that's uh, fail, man. But it's not wrong. He's not wrong. So uh, he's not wrong. That's what's even more fucking bad. Yeah. So we see the after this match, which you know we both agree is like, eh, whatever. Uh, we see John Cena walk around. And he has a contract in his hand, and then of course, as we end the show, we have John Cena's music kick. Um, and so as he comes through, um, making his way uh, downtown, walking fast and all that, um, he, you know, has his contract and he's like, yeah, you know what happened? They said I could not show up and, uh, you know, uh, I can quit, but you know, I say never quit on my shirt. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to fight even if it's by myself. And um, I'm, I've got this contract in hand, and if nobody joins me, I'll fight by myself. Which, okay, John, cool. Um, you do that if you want. But, uh, you know, then, of course, Solo and Jimmy come down, and they're going to beat up Paul Heyman. And, uh, I mean, not Paul Heyman, they're going to beat up John Cena. And then, of course, what was supposed to happen last week, um, the LA Knight makes appearance. And they make the profound statement of, hey, we're in Sacramento, but L.A. is here. And uh, Mm. L.A. Knight comes in and clears the ring. And then he challenges, or not challenges, he signs the contract to challenge the bloodline to join John Cena at Fastlane uh, of Jimmy Uso and uh, Solo Sokoa uh, for that very reason. To Hey, we're going to fight the bloodline and we're going to take them out. Um, I, again, it. 
I always feel weird when the show ends without a wrestling match. Like when it's like an extended back, like with extended in-ring segment like this. You know, it, it, it feels weird to me and we've had it for three weeks in a row. And the sad part is like it was the <laughs> same exact thing as last week. Yet this time LA Knight showed up. Well, Raw is exactly the same thing for the last five weeks also, so and I don't watch Raw, so So that's gotta tell you something, man. Yeah, uh, look this smackdown look I will say um LA Knight did get a monster pop though, man. So, you know, we'll give him that. But yeah, it's it's it, they're on cruise control right now, guys, man. And that's the thing. I think they just I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know if they're testing waters and whatnot. But a lot of it is rinse and repeat for the last six weeks, it feels like. Yeah. For the last six years, you mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I don't mind if it, I don't mind ending this way. It was a really big pop for LA Knight. Um, but for me, like, the biggest problem with this segment is the same problem that I've had with every John Cena segment since the beginning of uh, me seeing John Cena segments. And that's that for me personally, then now forever, John Cena sucks. John Cena sucks. <laughs> yeah. And that's that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, and he that's that. Exactly. Right. He did it. I, I knew it. The second he said it, that time I knew what he was going to do. And he's it. out of the building. But this is early for him. I know. I love it. We're only an hour and 47 in. We we still have a long wow. way to go. I know. Fuck. No, Jesus, Chris. No, we don't. Come on, man. Too early, son. Nah. Anyway. I think I think he's he's he made a good call on that because there's really not much else to talk about if we're, if we're going to be honest. Um the only, the only, let's see, there was something that came up that I wanted to see if we want to talk about. So what do you want to talk about? So what do you want to talk about? I know the song's stuck in my head too, for fuck's sake. Fucking hell, I hate the song. I do, I really do. I prefer the fucking... The word life one, man. You know, the thugonomics one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that one's good, too. But, like, at this point, they've done that song, um, you know, enough where, like, you can't, like, nobody nobody remembers Thug Life, you know? Which is it's, weird, right? When you think about it. Sort of. I mean, you know? because, you know, that's what got me into Cena was that thugonomics character for whatever reason. I kind of dug it at the time. Now, looking back on it, though, I think mm, it was pretty corny. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But, you know, it, uh, for me, it's one of those things where... Um, um, you know, I I don't. I don't. I think, I think it goes back to... Um, I wish... I wish it was... It, like, I, I agree with you. I wish Thugonomics was the more because it's the better one, but this is so iconic. It goes back to that star building thing that you wouldn't be able to associate John Cena with anything other than that song, right? I mean, that's true. That's really, honestly, the John Cena song. 
I mean, it's been in memes, it's been in everything. And so then how do you in turn um, go about and, um, and, 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 and try to associate with them? Because you need to not only have a look, you need to have a song, and this makes everything John's saying. Think about The Rock. You know, The Rock has a look, the, the Brahma Bull logo. And then if you smell, like when that music hits, you know, I mean, Stone Cold, the Flaming Skull, you know, glass breaking, you know, all that kind of stuff. Hulk Hogan, you know, the look, the pythons and, you know, the music that goes with him. I think, I think those are the important things that make us go, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, I, Except we've seen that. Uh, it, it just comes across as so outdated now, man. Even now, dude, do you feel like he... Does he not look like a freaking 50-year-old fucking high school student, bro? I don't Even think lower so. than that. I mean, look, so? he's got the bald spot, you know, and that, yeah, and that, that too. That, that, takes you, that takes you a minute uh, to kind of go, oh, yeah, like Cena's shit, you know? Not, <laughs> not, not, he's not shit, but like, shit, he's I'll old. You, you know, You know what I mean? Like, that it's it's more of that it's it's oh wow he's gotten old you know and then it makes us realize how old he is but then at the same wow. time too you have to respect the fact that for his age holy cow like the dude is jack the rock for his yeah, absolutely. age absolutely you know well, the rock's a different level bro yeah he's like a fine wine man it doesn't matter that he's aging he just looks great even at 60 i bet he'll still look jacked bro oh yeah you know i mean that's that's the crazy part is like the Rock is jacked, um, like jacked, like even I mean. way more jacked than John Cena, bro. Like when you think about it, and he's bald too, which which saves him, right? No, it's yeah. not because he's bald, but sorry, Dean was like, he looks jacked because he's bald. No, he's fucking jacked. Well, whatever, yeah, I guess. <laughs> right, but I mean, at the same time, too, it's it's one of those things of. Um, you know, I think I think for for when it comes to like the the Rock and Cena again and Stone Cold. I mean, Stone Cold looks amazing, he looks amazing, bro. Absolutely, fuck yeah, man. I you mean, know? when you really think about it, you look at him. He, look, I mean, you can tell he's aged, but not that much, right? You know, and I mean, I, I think you know, honestly, it's one of those things where um, you know they have a look and they understand what they need to do. You know, to maintain that look, to maintain that, hey, this is what the fans expect. This is what they are looking for, you know, kind of thing, which, I mean, sounds weird. But, you know, you have an image, you know, you have an image of this person and they're going to have to maintain it. Goldberg. I mean, you know, yeah, he's got the salt and pepper goatee, but (laughs) that dude is still jacked. I mean, it's that idea that you build these stars. Everybody has iconic music. Everybody has that kind of thing. And so, therefore, with John Cena, if he comes out in anything other, like the Thugonomics word life, that was a one-off and that was cool. But a majority of the people want to hear that. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> You're right, John. <laughs> <Kill me. Yeah. laughs> you know. But, you know, that's... <coughs> that's what people want. That's what the people want. That's what they're looking for. Is that in their in their in their hero? And you know, it's it's the building star thing. And I think we're gonna start seeing that more. Just the with this Jade Cargo thing and the way things are progressing. It feels like to me 
we're going to see WWE become a company that builds stars again. Not, I hope so. I hope you're right. You know, because, I mean, let's be honest. That's what made WWE, WWE great was you had Hogan, you had Andre, you had the Macho Man, you had, you know, Ted DiBiase, you had IRF. You had all these names that not only were they good in the ring, but they were marketable and they, they like the brands that they sold. And everybody complained about the 80s and 90s with the uh, workman era where you had a tax collector and a trash man. So and the- what, man? I still can watch that and, and you know, keep a kayfabe in my own mind. But, he, but here's my other thing, Jimmy, that we got to remember. Think about the marketing that Vince got out of that. The Fuck you know yeah. reaching kids, reaching families, <laughs> reaching all that bro. kind of stuff with with all that kind of stuff. It's like, um, yeah, he did that for a reason. Otherwise, you're a freaking idiot. Literally, the yeah. marketing for everything. Think about a figure like you know action figures, uh, you know whatever merch. Just having like a tax collector, right? For example, and a million dollar man, or a, yeah. a sh- remember remember like earthquake. She like that makes you money, dude. It's it's money, like it's marketing. Mm-hmm. It's it's one hundred and one. It's a, in, in a way, it's a, it's unfortunate that they don't sort of do that anymore. You know what I mean? I guess you know it's the times we live. I don't think those over the top type of characters can sort of uh, get over these days. Maybe, but I mean, shit. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. The boogeyman was still a thing, right? True. So I True. mean, why not try to do something different? I mean, they should. Have someone go full blown gimmick, man, and just see where it goes. Well, and I mean, I think I think with you, you had that with Cameron Grimes, right? You had that with um, uh, uh, what you call it? Uh, so Cameron Grimes, who am I thinking of? Brain fart, shit. Um, but I'm yeah. talking even more beyond that, like because Cameron Grimes is still like your everyday sort of person. I'm talking about like well, no, but that's what I'm saying. IRS. They had they had him like that, you know, with the whole to the moon and being the money, He's like a million dollar man. As yeah, well, right? you know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like you had some of that, and look how well it did, and people were like, oh, you know, this is great, old school, you know, kind of thing, right? And yeah, you need a yeah. repo man, you know, repo, repo. Oh man. yeah, you know, <laughs> I think that would be awesome, you know, to have something like that. Um, a thief, who wouldn't love that, you know, kind of stuff. Um, you know, hell, even make it topical, right? Do yeah. do something along the lines of you know a, a a Wall Street, you know, kind of you know gimmick or something along those lines of people, you know, people that people hate, you know that. Do something like that. I don't know. It's 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 one of those things where you've got to make it work somehow, um, and how you do that is up to you. But right. it's character again. What has Ben Hamin said all along? Character will get you over more than anything else, and it's proven that it always does get you over. And and the thing is, I feel like WWE don't think outside the box anymore, or they're too afraid Mm-mm. to take risks anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They just want to keep it sort of, uh, uh, what's the word? There's a word I wanted to use, but I, vanilla, shall I say. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's what's kind of annoying. Oh, Dexter. Actually, Labrat, that's a good comment. Dexter could have been great if they let him loose with his gimmick, but mm-hmm. the problem is he's, he's a stalker. You know what I mean? And if you remember back in Impact, he was stalking women and all sorts of shit. I mean, yeah, it's a bit too creepy, if you know what I mean. 
I mean, I, I get what you're saying, Jimmy, but at the same time, too, you got to take risks. You got to allow stuff right. like that to happen, you know. And if you don't, then you don't know what's going to happen. Uncle Howdy is the only ones like and Bray Wyatt really that you know that was kind of you know newer, you know, up and comers from the last ten years, yeah. fifteen years compared to anyone before that. The problem, the problem though, like with Bray, is you had a gimmick that worked, and then he was trying to redo a gimmick, and it was never the same. That was you know, the issue. Yeah, you know, he was Bray Wyatt, right. the cult yep. leader. And then he wanted to do these other things. Cool. But he had to come to the realization that I can't do these. You know, I'm Bray Wyatt. Like, trying to get him to change as a character, you know, the Fiend and all that kind of stuff. I get what he was trying to do, but it didn't work because everybody wanted Bray Wyatt. And right. and, and and so then later we see the idea that he was trying to reincorporate some of the Bray Wyatt into what he did. And I won't get, don't get you wrong. Like the WWE, the WrestleMania thing he did with John Cena was great. He's had some, he had some moments in there that were great, but nothing that stood out like the Bray Wyatt character, you know? And that I think is the hard part. You try to retool. Glenn Jacobs was able to do it because everything he did up to Kane was crap. You know, uh, yeah. and it wasn't on TV for very long. Whereas then when Kane came along and then, of course, the other half of it is, too, you couldn't see that it was Glenn Jacobs for the longest time. Right. You know? Exactly. That it made you forget. Covered. Yeah, it made totally. you forget and, he was. Uh, and think about the build to where he took off the mask, dude. I mean, when he first took off that damn mask, I was like, whoa, put that back on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, but but here, like you said, here's the thing, Jimmy. Remember, if. If the mask comes off, right? It been had been so long that he had had the mask on that nobody goes, "Oh, that's Isaac Kingham." No, you know, no that's one said that. Yeah, right. uh, that that's oh the Memphis uh, Christmas tree monster. You know that from <laughs> Memphis. You know, which he was that too. But you know, and the fake diesel, and the fake diesel, and you know all that kind of stuff. You know, oh, none of that mattered because it had been so long and they had protected him so much that it was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, this is Kane. One hundred percent. You know, and and it was awesome because they protected that. If Bray wanted to do that, Bray needed to protect himself, put him behind a mask, or let somebody right. else do it. Yep. And I think we were going to get that. Like, I like the idea of him coming out and being himself and saying, "Look, I had been all these things, but in all actuality, I'm just a guy struggling and whatever." And then we had, you know, Bo Dallas, you know, doing the whole Uncle Howdy bit. And I liked that. I was like, okay, this is a way where Bray gets to do his creative stuff, but he's still, you know, he's not involved. So then we get Bray White. I'm cool with that. Right, right. You know? And I was hoping the same thing. I wanted to get that, you know, cult leader Bray as well. But look, that's a pet peeve of Triple H's, for example is that uh, Bray was too creative for his own good, if that makes any sense. But he was, you know? I mean, right. and, you know, like, that's the thing is, because like, you know, when you work with creative people, so, like, um, a lot of people don't know this. So my first job when I moved to, to Texas and I was going to seminary, my first job was at a church here in, uh, in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area called Fellowship Church. Had 20,000 hey. people, right? Wow. Ed Young, Ed Young Jr., um, you know, 20, it's a, it's a mega church. I mean, he's still there. It's whatever, but, um, you know, 
I was working in the second and third grade. You know, I was in the kids ministry as second, third grade room pastor. We every week wrote scripts and curriculum for what we were doing for an eight week period. We created sets and set designs, um, you know, like all these kind of things. Right. So we're going in. We had we had writers weeks where we wrote you know, curriculum for eight weeks and come up with the ideas and the theme. Then we have to go build the sets for whatever. And then like we had a week turnaround after eight weeks, right? So we have to take the set down and then in a week, put up a completely new set and change the theme and the atmosphere of the room with our staging and lighting and everything along those lines. So it's a pretty breakneck pace that you're working at, right? Absolutely, for sure. And, And so then on top of all that, we're all creative people. I had a degree in broadcasting. Other people had set design and theater and da, 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 da. And so you get creative people in a room and they just start riffing and holy shit, you can go all kinds of places, right? And the, the trick that had to happen was we needed someone and we had these people. And I was kind of one of those people who were like, okay, that's cool, but how do we get it done in a week? Hmm. Like, what right. do we do? And then me and some of my best friends we became the guys who, like, we literally would go to Home Depot, walk through, and go, hey, if we're doing a space theme this week, ooh, this would be cool. We'll grab this piece, mm-hmm. we paint it a different color, and we'll make it work. Like, and me, having watched Star Trek, knowing that they've done that mm-hmm. with some of these pieces, like, hey, you know, they use this in Star Trek for this. And like, oh, okay, cool. Or if we're doing a, if like, we did a theme where, we did one where we're doing, like, working in a, a garage, a car garage, like, a, you know, whatever. So one of the sets we built was we took that fake wood paneling that looks like brick, had that on the outside, took plastic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like it took, instead of trying to, you know, make it look like um, something, we got some, we got a little bit of corrugated metal and had it rolled up. So it looked like one of the roll up, um, right, right, right. you know, the garage, garage. So the, the doors. The, yeah. And yeah. we had a chain kind of, you know, looking thing and it was just plastic chain. It wasn't real, but from <laughs> the stage, you you know, so like just coming up with ideas of how to build stuff and make it. And we had, we had a large plotter, giant printer, so we could print sheets that could go on four by eight sheets of foam board oh, and awesome. we could make 3d sets or build a backdrop. Yeah. Or we'd build oh, a backdrop man. to make it work. But again, like that at the time, and then we ended up getting a plotter that could print on anything, any material. So like you could print on wood, you could print on whatever. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. I've it never was, seen that shit. How much yeah, did that cost to get, man? It's, it was expensive. It was. It would expensive. be. But well, like, but mind you, this is the same. Would it be ministry. laser, by the way? No, it was. It was. It printed on there. Um, like literally and, printed in, in color. In color. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but like this is the same. This is this is the ministry that I was working at. We built a giant mountain in the middle of the foyer because we had a <laughs> yeah. two-story area, uh, kindergarten and second and third grade. Kindergarten, first grade were on one side downstairs. My room, the yellow room, second and third grade was downstairs. Fourth and fifth was upstairs, and then we'd have chapel, and it was in a yeah. separate part of the building, two-story. And we built a mountain that went all the way up to the roof, way past the, the two-story, from the very from the bottom. Floor. All the way up to the roof. We had a working, we had a working waterfall in it. We had a train <laughs> that went around it, dude. Oh no way! Like, but this, awesome. so this is the type of creative people we're working with, and you have to go down. So as a kid, H, you love that stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, and that was the whole point. If you got kids to come to church, then parents are going to come. Um, and so I can understand Triple H being frustrated because Bray's got all these ideas and trying to get him to narrow it down to tell right. a concise clear story because here's the thing 
when he did the playhouse and all that, like you could see it was very disjointed. There was a lot going on and yeah. he had a lot he wanted to do. And it's like having been that person to say, how, yes, but how do we do it? How do we yeah. practically do this? It becomes frustrating and, and, and you get burnt out because Absolutely. this person is just wearing you down with idea after idea. Hey, let's do this. Okay, cool. But then let's go do this. And then, okay, let's do it. Like, no, no, no. Hey, focus. Let's work focus, on this one thing. Right. It sounds really cool. And it can be a real whip in the ass when that happens, especially right. with, with creative types. And so, um, I mean, working with music and things like that, I'm sure you have that with people. Oh, all the absolutely. Time. You know, it's for like, sure. you know, oh, hey, we're going to do this. But I mean, I like this, but I want, no, you need, you know, when you're producing music or anything like it, you need that person who's going to be that. All this is great. I love where we're going, but let's figure, let's figure out how we can best do this so we can put right. out the best product possible. And we're not looking like we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, and that's the thing, because it's not like Bray... See, the thing is, for Bray to tell his story like he wanted to, he probably needed the whole show to himself. Right. I mean, to be fair, but he probably needed to remember at the time, too. You've only got 15 minutes here, 15 minutes here. Slow down, focus, like you said, and let's just take it one step at a time instead of going, oh, I want to go here, want to go there, want to go right there, you know? He... I could only imagine the frustration with, with Triple H and Vince McMahon. Heck, in a, in a way, that was one of the reasons why Vince fired him. Because yeah. he was just over his fucking creative juices, if that makes any sense. Like, I guess he didn't understand how to tell the story the way WB want to tell a story. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. he was getting way too deep for even the, your normal everyday wrestling fan that probably didn't need to like be told such a deep sort of movie-esque type of story. You know what I mean? Because at the yeah. end of the day, it's wrestling. It's not a fucking movie, you know? I'm surprised mm -hmm. they never did a movie, though, with WWE Studios. They could have done something with him, right? Well, I don't think they have anything anymore. Um, oh, well, okay. Oops, sorry. No, you're probably right. All right. There's a news story that came across. A man is auctioning what? most of his 150-plus classic cars. Um, I need to see where this is because... Um, maybe I can get a classic car for real cheap. Uh, Corning, oh, Iowa. Oh, more than a hundred cars are heading to the auction block. If you own an old classic car, you know, a lot of work, but if you own 150, then it might be time to sell. Got a 55 Oldsmobile two door hardtop, real nice. Da -da 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 -da. That'd be expensive though, dude. All the classics now here, like the Aussie Where? classics, man. My uh, first car goes for over fucking 60 grand right now. I'm cursing that I ever sold it. Look, there's plenty. Option uh, Team in Corning. Oh, um, remember the highest bid wins the car. You can find more information at the bid at VanderbrinkAuctions.com. So today, ten, this because when is this new story? September 29th. So yeah, it's it's so the the auction's been going on for two hours. Damn it! Damn it! Do you have to attend the auction? It says I, I'm a, I'm a thinking. Yeah, you had to be there live. Yeah, is it like former insurance write-offs? If you know what I mean, even. Uh, no, he's got 150 cars and he's got a downsize. <laughs> okay, so they're all in good so, nick, in other words, and shit. Yeah, with registration uh, and everything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some okay. of them I don't know how many of them run, but it looks like they have some pretty solid cars there. Um, like you got to understand. Um, uh. 
Um, sorry, I'm reading about the story. It's just, <laughs> look, I love cars. There's, as a matter of fact, I'm missing a car show this weekend that's at Texas Motor Speedway. We're over, uh, um, over like there's over 5,000 cars at Texas Motor Speedway to go there, classic cars to go look at. Are you a NASCAR so, guy, even though I can see a NASCAR in the background there? But... Uh, not really. No, I'm not a okay. huge racing guy, like F1 or anything like that. I like F1. I, I was really into F1 at one stage, not so much now. Because it's hard to keep up with shit in general, anyway. But yeah. I used to really love Formula One and even Indy for a long, for a long while, man. But I just feel like Indy is not the same anymore. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. Um, what is it? Like racing in general. Like I like, especially if it's on TV, I'm not watching it. Like I'll go live. I mean, there's maybe at the Dude, end of October. Do me you know and how my- that shit is. Oh, I, no, I've been there. Like I was You can hear it from... No shit, man. I could hear it from like that three, picture? four suburbs away when the Formula One Grand Prix is here. That's, yeah, that picture there. Th- right. That's a picture that I got from being at a live show, at a live you race. That picture? My, my brother-in-law did, and he blew no it up for shit. me. And that was wow. that was from, from our spot on the track. We were watching that's, the race. We were in that's a great picture, man. One and two in Texas Motor Speedway, like right in the middle of the turns and we oh, were right awesome. up against the fence and he had some scaffolding built so you can be on different levels and he took and it was a night race so that's why the oh, that's not the it. normal paint job for that mark martin car it's you know it, it's there um it's a darker color because they ended up turning the lights on because it got dark and it was a night race and that's so cool so that's it's actually a really really cool picture because one it's a an alternate paint job for that thing and it was a night race and it was a race that we were at that my brother-in-law took that picture and got blown that's up pretty awesome man so yeah though um and so being there is cool and then like there's an event we're going called the world of outlaws it's a uh, dirt track racing you know with the big wings on it and everything like that and they they're going to be running up here and we're going to go my dad's you know getting tickets and we're going to go um it's just so but for me it's it's i love the idea of the look of the car the motion of the car the movement of the car those are the things that I really, um, 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 <laughs> you gone blank. You, no, I mean, it's just, it, 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 like, I like the idea of the race live, like the, on TV, it doesn't do anything for me because there's yeah. no connection. There's like, I like the sound, the feel, the, you know, the noise, because this is what this vehicle was made to do. Right. So you're right. seeing something in its purpose. And that you gives you that connection. Whereas when you're watching it on TV, that's all taken away. So there's no real connection to what's happening. So no, you're right. There isn't any connection. You got to be there. It's one of those things, man. Yeah, like Otherwise... I love baseball, and I mean I'll watch baseball on TV, football, same thing. I, I've got to the point now where TV sports just don't do it for me. Like being there live. Once you've been live to different things, it's harder to be involved TV wise with a sport. I used to go, for example, to the Australian Rules football games week in, week out, bro. I had season tickets for years old and, I, and a reserved seat. I, and I went all the way to the finals. I mean, literally. And then after seeing my team, because my team was pretty dominant, not so much now, but at this stage, they won three championships in a row. Um, you know, they kind of, I kind of stopped like going because I was that bored that my team would win all the time. I kid you not. Only now I'm starting to get back into it because, yeah. you know, my team's on the way up sort of thing. They started from the bottom again. You know, they've rebuilt this squad. But the point is, nothing beats being there. Television is cool, but it's just not the same thing. Yeah, I agree with you. And, I mean, um, 
it's again, it's like once you've been live, you miss that connection, you miss that kind of thing that made you like it in the beginning, you know, honestly. Um, I think, um, I don't know. Uh, and I like with wrestling too, that's why I think that's why I struggle with watching TV wrestling because whether or not I'm there, like, I think what, you know, when you watch wrestling live, it's just that much better, you know? And no, I, think- I agree. It depends though. If you're at a big stadium event, I don't know if you've been to a stadium event with wrestling. Have you ever I have. Been? I have. It's like- not the same dude. Like, especially if you're up in the, like, just say you're not on the floor for a stadium event and you're probably on level one out of a, like a four-tier stadium, outdoor stadium, say, right? When you go towards the back end, like say mm-hmm. second tier of the, of a stadium, it, it I don't know, man, it's just not the same. Whereas when you're on the floor in an arena and you're kind of close to the front, you get all the atmosphere and everyone around you is going crazy and in turn, you start losing your shit too and it makes the event so much more fun. But yeah, stadium shows can be a bit. Ugh, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. You need good seats, like literally I, need good seats to enjoy it. I think anyway. I, well, no, I did one. It was at the AAC, so it's twenty thousand seat, you know, stadium. Um, oh, but that's an that's an arena. Hey, look, Bestie makes it. Hey. and she joins. She says live is a thousand percent better. Um, thanks, Bestie. Um, <laughs> like I went twenty thousand seat uh, arena at um, the AAC was. I forget where, which pay-per-view it was, but it was the one in Dallas that they had where um, Undertaker got buried. And we were situated in a way where we saw the back half of what happened, how he just rolled out, you know, oh. uh, from getting buried or whatever. Um, but still, it was a fun event. It was, like, it was different because you're not hearing commentary or anything like that. But even that far up, being live and hearing the smacks, of them landing oh, on they the mic that shit real loud man they don't like it that's what i'm telling you nothing what? was coming through the pa the only thing coming through no. the pa um uh hey aaron uh, lance was in wwe he was called vance archer um yeah, vance archer exactly he, he was he was in wwe for a little bit um like a couple years and then they got rid of him but yeah i think he made a video game though um he, he uh, did SmackDown yeah. versus Raw 2007, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, he was Vance Archer. Yeah. Um, what a fucking you know, stupid name, Vance Archer. Why couldn't you just call him Lance fucking Archer? Seriously? I don't know why they... Look, why do, why do people do what they do? I don't know. Um, but, you know, the the only thing that was mic was when they would announce the matches and the music and everything else. This is them just smacking the mat. And you're hearing it in the upper... I'm in the, I'm in the 300 levels of that of that arena. And mind you... Mind you, again, it's an arena, not an open air coliseum. So, right, arena is different to open air. I was yeah. talking about a hundred thousand seat stadium now, not not twenty thousand. Arena shows are good no matter where you sit, man. And I'm talking about twenty and under, like twenty k and under seating capacity. But anything over the twenty mark, it gets a bit, yeah, a bit sketchy. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, but I think it's it's that idea of you're a part of something live with other oh, people definitely. you know um sure. i think that's i think that's really the bigger thing is whether it's open arena or whatever the fact that i mean think i mean think about it this way jimmy you are only one of twenty thousand or a hundred thousand people who are at a place who are going to be there live everybody right. else has to watch it on tv sure. everybody else has to if it, you're there seeing it in real time with your own eyes, regardless of how far away you are, 
you paid to be there and you're absolutely you're and i'd rather be there and you're like here but here's the other thing you got to remember you're contributing to the show by your cheering and your booing and everything else you are physically whether i mean it is a 0.1 percent contribution but you are contributing to that show and that is the difference you know no matter what you can't contribute to the show when it's watching it on tv no you know? you can't. it's true you know and um you know, you're not actually contributing to the show at all, other than the views that they get. You're not, you're not in a, you know, they're not hearing your boos or yays. They're not hearing that you think this sucks or not. It's, you know, whatever. You know, no, it's true, man. It's a, it's a different experience from being home. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I ever went to the wrestling man. I mean, the first time I ever went was in '92, and it was at an indie, but a glorified indie. Where I had Jake the Snake at the time, Jim the Envenania. Mm. There were some decent names on the card. That's when I first saw Jushin Thunder Liger, who mm. I had no idea who the fuck he was. I'm thinking, who the fuck is this guy? I was only a kid, dude. I was only like in the fourth grade in '92. Right. So I, I I wasn't into Japanese wrestling yet. <laughs> like I didn't even know what the fuck that was. All I know is I saw Jushin Thunder Liger, and at the time, as a kid, I was like, wow, this guy is captivating. And then from then on, I never forgot him, man. Then I saw him on WCW. Then I started digging into his Japanese stuff, and that was it. I was off to the races. That's why I've always had a soft spot for um, Jushin Thunder Liger because mm. he's truly one of the first wrestlers I ever saw, even though I didn't know who he was. And at the time, there was also young Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho and Dean Malenko, and I had no idea who the fuck they were during that time. So, mm. yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Let, okay, so what, since Chris left and we didn't have a chance to, but um, what do you rate this show? What, what's your grade? Uh, I feel like sometimes we're a lot harsher than um, than than we need to be in a way. Like sometimes we can come across as cynical, and really the show is not as bad as we're saying it kind of is. So in saying that, I would say C plus. C plus. I'm gonna go just flat C. Um, the Santos Escobar, all that match was, you know, was really great. good. I felt really like good. for once that put Santos over, dude. It almost made him in a way. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the other matches that they had were fine. Um, um, I think, you know, they were solid. There was, they didn't do anything for me, but they weren't like agreed just on like, why the fuck are we having this match or, you know, what the hell? Um, um uh you know there's a lot of that going on on raw and smackdown dude, you know especially I, I, raw too. yeah I, I don't know i just and i mean granted we had all these releases so maybe this will give more opportunity for people on like why we saw cameron grimes why we saw certain people um well, that's what puzzles me john you got three hours of raw to feel right they seem mm -hmm. to struggle to fill in three fucking hours of shit yet they don't give any newer guys opportunities to fill those damn spots it it just blows my mind. Um, uh, you know yeah, you can tell they're high on Dragon Lee though, man. That Dom vs Dragon Lee match was actually oh, quite yeah. good on Raw. I'll yeah. just say that. Uh, uh, was it on Raw? Oh yeah, that was on. It Raw. was on Raw. Yeah, it was actually I, I was pretty. Um, I, look, I was more impressed. I, I mean, shit, I've been a fan of Dragon Lee for f quite a few years now, but I was actually more impressed with Dom holding his own, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, but yeah. yeah, C plus for SmackDown for me. 
I'm gonna go see. Um, I, I I just I felt like the some of the segments were really weak, except for the backstage stuff was really weak, except for the um, you know pretty deadly segment. Um, and oh, right. I, I've I've I'm we're at three weeks in a row of ending the show without a match and just you know all that fun stuff, and I, I'm not a fan of that personally. Yeah, um, I you know, I like if it's a match that leads into something cool, but not a 10 minute segment that has no wrestling or whatever and run in. And it's been three weeks in a row. And the fact that last week's and this week's were exactly the same, except except L.A. Knight showed up this time because he was over COVID compared to last week, you know, which he supposedly had COVID. I don't know. Do you believe that? You know, I, Do you I don't believe know. that he had COVID. OK. Yeah, I mean, look, let me put it this way. There's, it would make no sense for them to say that he had COVID and him not be on the show. Like, right. you know, I mean, because he's, he's, he's red hot right now. You Absolutely. Know? You know, so, and it's John Cena. Why not have the rub of the two um, and go from there with it? You know, Does it really do anything for him, though, by Cena being there next to him? I think it I does. Think it, do you think I, so? Yeah, because here's the thing. It establishes him as a baby face. Because John yeah, Cena's a baby face. And then in turn, it can be John Cena passing the torch to, you know, LA Knight that he's the next guy. Right? Well, if if he's truly if he truly means about passing the torch to LA Knight, then LA Knight needs to get the pin for victory, man. And not Cena fucking getting that that pin. You know, and but I I guess that's that's the point, is like I, I see this being John Cena giving LA Knight the rub, and that he, LA Knight's going to get the win on this. I hope know? so. I hope so because if he doesn't, I'll shake my head. I'll be like, God damn it, John! And I'm talking about John Cena. Like you yeah. have to fucking get into everybody's spotlight. That's actually hot right now, don't you? But I, but again, I go. I think this goes back to the fact of um, it, it goes back to the fact that we're going to start seeing that they're going to start building towards you know um that idea of we're building stars yeah like i said i hope you're right because really i mean you could say yeah roma reigns was the last one and then before that cena but really truly they haven't pushed stars since the rock and stone cold that was really when they really fucking you know strapped on the WWE machine you know what i mean cena and uh roma reigns sure you could say they were the only two guys after that era but they could have done even more with those two guys i dare say in a weird right. way i mean really when you think about it i mean when you compare to the way they pushed your hogan's your rocks your stone colds it doesn't compare right right you know and i mean i don't i don't disagree with you on that but at the same time too you know the thing uh, I think you got to remember too is John Cena did that despite the fact that they weren't pushing stars, right? You know? yeah, that's why you know, you know I take my head off to him for sure. Yeah, you know, and I mean, why not be that person? And, uh, to me, I, I like I really feel like John Cena could be that guy who could you know help build this next generation. You I, know, I, if he's dead serious about doing that, absolutely he can. Whether he does, I, I'm just not sure, man. I think because- he will. I think I he will. He I hope. I hope he does. I, I really, I really feel like, but if you're going to compare him to The Rock, John Cena is more likely to be the guy who does that for the next generation than The Rock will. 
you know, The Rock. Who did The Rock really put over when you think about it other than Stone Cold, man? No, no, nobody. Like, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Stone yeah. Cold was the only one where he was more than happy to, like, yeah. you know, play second fiddle to. You know, but, I mean, I mean, The Rock didn't really even play second fiddle to, um, you know, to Hogan. You know, no, that's what I'm back. saying. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, and truly, Stone Cold was the only one where he would lay down for without thinking about it. But did he lay down though? Well, he only won one match. When you think about it, out of their what they had three, four big matches. I mean, I guess all at but... Mania, man. He won the last match at Mania. Right, and then I mean, like and... him, and, like you know, the Cena thing with him. I, I think. Um, I, I don't he... know. I don't know. Like. He... As exciting as it was when The Rock came back, I mean, shit, I was hyped at the time. I'm not going to lie. But did they really need to put uh, The Rock over Cena, you know, straight off the bat? Did they really need to put Rock over Punk even, where he won a WWE Championship over Punk? Well, I mean, I think it goes back to, like, yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. But at the same time, too, it's, that's, that's, the hard, um, that's the hard part is that you have this idea of do we want to give the people what they want because well yeah and i was cool with that as a matter of fact i wanted that it was pretty surreal and who says i wouldn't have done the same thing but when you look at the bigger picture though right right you know i mean i don't know i don't know i don't know it's it's it this is why i don't have the book because you know it's one of those things of like well i would I can see putting the rock over CM Punk because it's yeah, giving the people what they want. But in the is this better long term? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Like you know, it's it's one of those things. But I really feel like right now, because we had the rock come and go. Right, he did right. that because he needed the PR, and it was you know sweet. we're the only guys that's saying that, John. No one else has actually said that. But it's a hundred percent. It was a PR fucking oh, stuff. And right? I mean, it sweeps weak, and that's you know gives yeah. Fox the boost they needed, and all that kind of stuff. But um, Cena, really, I feel like is a guy who could you know put over that in the next generation um, and and do what needs to be done. Um, and I think it's important for us to recognize that. And you know, Medium Five is saying this. Cena's doing what The Rock did years back when Cena called out The Rock on that promo. It's all recycled. Cena will be gone in two weeks. Well, yeah, no, he's here for seven. He's he said that from the beginning. Apparently, he's going to uh, be here even longer than seven now. Now, suppose a couple of reports, but but that's and that's fine because if he's doing that where he's giving the rub to people, I'm totally fine with that. You know, so far the rub he's given to is AJ Styles and and LA Knight, both in their forties and <laughs> either at his age or older. Oh, when you, you put know, it that way, I mean, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm 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 that also. I, I like the theory of what he's doing, but I'm also dumping on my own theory of the fact that he's only given the rub to <laughs> two people who are in their 40s. Yeah. Where's you know? the young whippersnappers for crying out loud? Jeez. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, the Austin Theory, Grayson Waller yeah. rub. Uh, no. Well, no. actually, he did fucking put Theory over. I remember Theory beating. Yeah. And, I mean, I, and then, yeah, I know that he did something with Waller too, but still. And really, yeah, but it didn't do anything for, it didn't feel like a real rub, if that No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was just a, it was a moment more than anything else. So, um, but, but, you know, I think, but I think, you know, in the long run, this was a mess show, which led, you know, which leads going to be leading to a meh pay-per-view next week, if I'm honest. I Every like... time we say that, though, they hit it out of the park 
in the ring, man. I know, I know. And look, but what match is on that card next week that you're like, oh my God, I can't wait to see this match? Nothing. <laughs> Actually, nothing. But the only reason why I say that, every time I think they're going to let us down, they they don't, man. They end up putting on banger after banger. I know what you're but, saying. Um, like, look, look, I'm hearing what you're saying. But at the same time, I have to go on the fact of what are they giving us? And uh, apparently Jimmy's leaving the show too. Um, so Dave was just talking to me. That's why. No, no, you're fine. Uh, I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, you know, it, it goes back to that idea of like, um, you know, if, if you want me to buy something, if you want me to be interested and invest into something, you need to give me something in return. And I hear what you're saying that the pay-per-views have been solid <clears throat> and everything along those lines. But at the same time, you need to get me there to begin with. And they haven't. Right. Well, that's you know, true. You know, so. Anywho. It's been a build. It's been a shit-ass build, build, man. But And it has been every time. That's the problem. Yeah, you that's know? true. But as long as, as hopefully they put on a good show as they usually do. But, you know, maybe it'll stink. I think fast lane is kind of pointless at this point. Like, what is it leading to? What is it? What is it doing? What is it doing? What is it leading to? Really? You're right. What is it leading to? Really? What's the purpose? There's, there really isn't any purpose. <laughs> there actually isn't. There, there really isn't. I mean, do we have a WWE Championship match? No, we don't. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's useless. Just like yeah. Whistle Dream is pretty much useless. I'm just glad I'm not involved with that. Uh, well, I'll have to fucking watch it, unfortunately. <laughs> Hopefully they fucking prove me wrong, but we'll see. Mm, no, they won't. They won't yeah, prove I know, wrong. that's true. Take they won't prove me wrong. Okay. All right, well, Jimmy, let's wrap this up and get the fuck out of here. It's 12.32. I don't feel like there's anything else really need to discuss. There was something that popped. Uh, there was I was going to ask about, but I'm like, eh, fuck it. We're done. Well, it's um, 4.30 a.m. It's funny because Daylight Saving started at 2 a.m. my time, right, mm. for me. And uh, so I missed an hour. I totally lost an hour. So started just after one, my time, and finishing at 4.30, even though we didn't go that long. Mm. Funny that. But anyway, yeah. but, but you are saying we're out, so I guess um, I'll say my Yeah, shit, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what so, I said. Yeah. We're wrapping that's up. So tell the people where to find you, motherfucker. Well, you can find me up here. Or am I pointing to the right thing? No, right here. There. On the X, at DJ Mass Effects, and also... At the PWC Network. Like and subscribe right here at channelattitude.com where for five bucks you get the realest and the best talk in pro wrestling. And also, uh, I mean, mediagroup.popping.com and the PWC Network.popping.com. And that's a wrap for me. That's, that's, is that a wrap? Or is, a wrap. It, or is it a euro? <laughs> it's, a, ah, it's, a, it's a euro. It's a euro. It's a euro. <laughs> Uh, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, you can always find me on the uh, on the social meds as Men on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and on John and Wright on Facebook. And um, I will friend you if you're weird or not weird. Um, no I, don't care. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I don't really care. Um, John's open for anybody. I look. I'm I'm so single. I'm open for anybody. Let's go. Well, you're single again. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, like two weeks ago, right before the day before our massive fundraiser and I'm busy, my girlfriend decided she didn't want to date anymore. She's not in a person she wasn't in a place where she, we've been together for about these ones. 
Who knows? It's look, she's <laughs> no. she's, she's dealing oh, with some you. stuff. Well, I, look, oh, hey, she she's like, hey, I'm emotionally not in a good place. I don't know why. I don't want to do this, but I'm just can't give you what you want or need. You didn't do anything wrong, and so like, it's been two weeks, and it was hard. So this week, I had to give her. She let me borrow an air mattress in the mattress pad um, for one of my friends who came to stay over because I don't have a, other than my kid's bedroom. I don't have any other place to stay, but he was gonna stay. And so uh, I had to bring that back to her this week, um, you know, uh, and uh, that was hard because like we like we care about each other. But she said she's not in a good place. She doesn't know what it is um, that she's dealing with. But emotionally, she can't, you know, and she didn't. I was like, look, I appreciate that because I'd rather you take care of yourself and not be able to like, you know, not be able to, you know, just you just fake it, and then things just get worse and worse and worse. And you know, she True, obviously man. has to take care of something. And then obviously, and I mean, I don't want to sound this the wrong way. I'm, and I told her this, I don't want to sound the wrong way, but obviously, I'm a hindrance at some point, and you need to take care of yourself because you can't give me what I need if you can't take care of yourself and do the things you need. So I would rather you be healthy than continue to maintain this relationship. As much as I would want this relationship to continue. I'd rather you be healthy and you get taken care of. And and I, I understand that, man. I can relate to that. I've had scenarios like that before in, you know, in my time. And it's true, man. You just want them to be happy instead of feeling like you're the fucking burden on them. You know what I'm right. saying? And I mean, don't get me wrong. Did it suck? Yeah, it sucked. It, it was not fun. But at the same time, too, I'm not going to be that person to be like, uh, no, we're, we're no, I, I can't. I'm not a hindrance. Oh, media. I'm not a, I'm not a hindrance. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't, I can't think of a better way to say it that. No, he wasn't saying that. Yeah. He wasn't saying he's a hindrance. He's saying he'd rather like step away for her sake. Yeah. To get better. You know what I mean? And And then I feel like, yeah, but I mean, it was obviously she needed to work through this and, and get the help that she needs. And I'm not part of that journey. And I don't know if it was, I was a hindrance or she felt happy enough or whatever, but obviously there's things um, that that were keeping her from getting that help in right. when we're in a relationship together. And so whatever that is, I, I would rather step away because I want her to be healthy. And exactly. so um, and, and I will forego a relationship. I've done this when I've been on dates with people and they tell me about their rape experiences or things like that. And I've said, Okay, I have to stop you right here. As an advocate, as a worker, as a person who does this for a living, I'm I'm a I work for a crisis center. Here's my card. Here's the agency's number. Call them. Get help. I want you to be healthy. So get like I've done that on like four different dates, Jimmy, and I've taken and people have gone to our agency to get help, not realizing they can get help. I sacrifice relationships because I want them to be healthy. I would rather do that. You know, absolutely, and that's what type of guy you are, man. You're selfless like that, you know. And so, and I'm not saying that to be like, hey, no, no, no. Look, put it this way: it'd probably make you like you probably wouldn't feel right by yeah forcing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like oh no, man, it's all right. We'll work it out and blah blah blah. But right, it's it's not as simple as that. It's a lot more complicated. I I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 one of those things for me where it's like uh no we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this instead 
um, we're gonna we're gonna handle it this way um, because I want them to be healthy, and I don't I don't want to be. And I mean, of course, for me, it's a conflict of interest. They can't date me if they're getting services from our agency, you know. And I would rather that, you know, I'd rather they get services. That's more important than the relationship for me because right. you know, it started. Exactly. No. You know, well, but anyway, you know, so yeah, that happened. That was two weeks ago, and then that it was hard and um, to have that to see her and we talked for about 30 minutes and she had to go and I had to go. Um, like it was, it, I, and I was not prepared for the emotional aspect of it still a little bit, but um, I think yes. it, it was fine. I'm a, but at the same time, I so like afterwards I called Brittany and I went over and we went and talked. I got a flat tire on the way over there. So I had to change oh, the tire. Left, right? And then, yeah. And then I put the spare on the spare and mind you, I've got this new car, this Lincoln, and I haven't checked the spare tire so I get the spare tire on and it's got no air. Nobody, <sighs> Brittany doesn't have an air compressor and oh, there's shit. nothing like that. So I had to call roadside assistance just to get an air compressor to fill up the tire because there's no gas station but, around. There was, but I couldn't drive it because it was flat. It was empty. Like not even not, walking there was probably a bit of a hassle, right? right yeah, yeah. Like and I Especially like I could have. And then we thought about later. I could have jacked it back up, taken the tire off, gotten in Brittany's car, and drove over. But True. Roadside what, what the fuck? Yeah, because roadside assistance is free, and I didn't want to jack it back oh, up well, again, take the tire off, and then put it back on. So, well, there you I, go. If it was for free, then you'd yeah. rather do that, man. Yeah, just throw my insurance is for free. So they just came, they put the air compressor on, and we pumped it up, and he's like, and I mean, it took a good bit because it was completely, it was de- it was empty, and so he was like, oh Shit. dang. So, but we got it. Everything was safe. I got it repaired the next day. But yeah, like I had to go and process that with her and talk about the things that were talked about and said, because, you know, but it was good that we, I did that because I realized like, okay, yes, I care about Leslie. I, you know, she was a, she was a good relationship for me to have, but I've learned from it as well. You know, I'm learning like, okay, you know, I'm seeing, I need to start picking up on patterns sooner of the ladies that I have dated. A lot of them have had some kind of traumatic experience I need to be catching that sooner <clears throat> and then being real honest, like, hey, are you really ready for a relationship? Because, you know, I'm looking for a long term, maybe one day marriage type thing. And if you can't emotionally invest in that, I'm, I'm, you know, I need to, I need to know out. that. Yeah. Right. You know, that's my goal. I'm not dating to, to the fuck around i'm dating with a purpose my goal is this and she said she was she said she was but you know it's not the first time that's happened to me either where because i so I, like you know when this first happened i called a lady that i'm still kind of friends with that you know as um, we dated and same thing she we were dating everything was great and then something happened and she's like I, i'm not ready for a relationship you know i i just not there and i said i said tony what was it? What did I do wrong? Was there anything I did wrong? She goes, no. She goes, as if anything, you made me see what I really deserved and that I wasn't ready for that and that I had a lot of healing from my past and my old relationships that I haven't done yet. And it was it was a harsh, harsh reality. And you did not deserve to have to go through that. And I wasn't ready for that. I need to heal. And so, like, which is essentially what Leslie was saying, the same thing. So for me... Maybe I've got to start picking up on the type of people I'm reaching out. I don't know. You know, it's it's weird. I think you know deep down, John. No, it's not weird. And I think deep down, you know, 
and like you said it yourself, man, you know, you've been with a few women that, you know, have had issues and whatnot and some sort of traumatic experience. And I think, you know, deep down, you know, but I mean, how do you put it to, 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 to someone, right? By saying, just say everything seemed rosy, but something was just a little off, right? But only you are really like feeling it where you want to say something, whereas she might be thinking something. But she's not going to say it yet. Just say. So imagine you came out with it first. Mm. That would probably be more awkward like that. So I can understand why you would wait and see. But like I said, deep down, I think you know those patterns. But I mean, it's almost like you don't want to like believe well, it. You know, it's sometimes. not. It's not even that. And like retro uh, media five says, I need to seek out women. I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to fix anybody. I'm working yeah. on myself. I gotta. Yeah, I gotta exactly. fix on myself. I'm not trying to fix anybody. I just am who I am, and if that, you know, whatever. It's not it, fair on you either, John. To like, no. you know, for people to just expect for you to fix their problems. And that, that's mean? never my intention going in. I'm just right. open and honest, and this is who I am, and I'm going to treat you with respect. I'm going to open your door. I'm going to walk on the proper side of the sidewalk, uh, which nobody does anymore. Um, mm, true. You know, um, Jimmy, do you know the proper way to walk on the sidewalk with a lady? Well, you first of all, you you're supposed to be the closest to the road when you're walking with the lady, man. All there right, you go. Everyone knows There's that a... shit. Not everybody, everybody knows, knows that, shit. Jimmy. Not come everybody on, knows. Bro. Look, we, <laughs> you and I are a dying breed uh, of opening doors uh, and everything yeah. along those lines, and um, knowing how to walk properly on the sidewalk and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. Put it this way: when we walk, I feel awkward being. You know, sometimes like D will like walk on that side, and I'll be like. You know, it's kind of weird. Like, you just no, but you what you do is you just gently kind of make your way to the other side. Like I've I, I've done that a few times. Oh where yeah, I've, no, absolutely. You know, like where where you know, and a great way to do it. So like sometimes we'll like if I go downtown with somebody, um, we have like little antique shops and everything like that. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be like, oh, hey, look at this. And they'll stop and turn. And then I'll just kind of come on the outside of them. Do the swift move. <laughs> yeah, there. And then, and, you know, and then if we're far enough along, I'll just kind of grab their hand and be like, hey, you know, that was cool. You know, and I, it's not about, hey, you need to get over here. It's about, it's, it's that gentle kind of leading where you're showing that you're leading and protecting without being that right. harsh, like, uh, um, yeah, like, hello, look what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, me, kind of like... thing. Um, but yeah, like, you know, uh, for me, I'm, I'm working on myself. I'm not trying to fix anyone. If I say that from the beginning, I'm not trying to fix shit. You know, I'm just trying to be me. Because you can't, dude. Yeah, I know. And I know I can't. So, um, it's just a matter more. You're only hurting yourself when you're fucking trying and trying and trying. Yeah. And I'm not trying. That's the, that's the thing. I'm not trying, but at the same time, I'm just going to have to, you know, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, know that because of my nature, um, because of who I am, You're I'm nice open guy, and caring dude, and I have a right. big heart or whatever. I know that's probably the type of people I'm going to attract, you know, right. but at the same time too, I don't think people are genuinely aware of what I bring because they've heard it before, but when they, you know, and that, that was maybe it's too much for them sometimes. You know what I mean? And, well, and, and I mean that's, that that's what Leslie way. and Tony and some of these others have said. It's like, like, yeah, I've heard all this before, but you did it. And that was a little overwhelming to me. The fact that you opened door, like the fact that you would, when we, when I would, when I would ride with you, we would park and you would walk around the car to open my door. 
you know. And plus, a lot of women aren't used to that, dude. Because, no, they're you know, not. They're not. As and, dumb as this is, you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of women go for a lot of dumb cunts, dude. You know, like, and, do, you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, you know, just say, you know, like, when friend, hey, do you mind if I open your door for you in the passenger side? You know, <laughs> like, like they're whoa, they're really? shocked. Yeah, no, and and everybody is like, like, oh wow, you really do these things that you say you're doing, um, you know, and, and it's like, yeah, because this is how I was brought up. This is how I was raised. This is who I am as a person. You know, I listen. You know, I have. You know, especially I as a attention. southern boy too, bro. Oh well, yeah, even that. You know. <laughs> my mom is three hundred plus miles away, three hour drive away. I, I look. I'm afraid if I do any of this, if I do something ungentlemanly, <laughs> she's gonna pop up and beat the shit out of me. Um, you know, uh, that that's yeah, the southern hospitality, bro. Look, my mom is gonna be dead for ten years. That'll still be in the back of my head, and you better oh, not fuck this shit up. You know, kind of thing. Uh, but uh, it's you know, for me, I, I think it's. It's one of those things where a lot of ladies today, especially ladies my age who are dating and everything along those lines, they've heard, they've seen, and they've been through so much of promises and, and lack of expectation. You know, just used to pricks, man. Well, and I mean, I, I pay attention to details, like little right. things. Like there's little things that I will pick up on. It's a and, rare fucking thing, dude, now, man. You know, it really is, bro. In, in, in multiple areas, I will pay attention to that. Right. you know um <laughs> details and things <laughs> yeah, uh, you know I feel um, you, man. <laughs> you know but it, it i honestly it really is one of those things where they're like it was it was overwhelming because i've never been treated in such a way i've never you know had, had that aspect and you know i think it intimidates women and scares them like that oh, there was one that happened 100 percent, it does dude and it's, that's why she whack. she ended it so that's why she was just like no we're done and i'm washing my dishes but we're done. I, I, I think you're great, but you know, da 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 da. And she had, to, she ran because she just, it was too much. And I'm, you know, nice guys are a fucking diamond dozen now, dude. Like, really. When I say nice guys, I'm talking about you all around nice mm. guy. You know what I mean? There's always aspects. I mean, shit, no one's perfect, but like, mm-hmm. and I'm not, and I go into that. I'm, I tell them straight right. up, look. You know, I'm I'm not. I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. But you know, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I'm working. You know, I'm, well, it depends on the situation. That blows um, my mind still. Believe me, man. Like that really does blow my mind. It's like it's the weirdest thing for me. But yeah, oh, shit. I've got to call somebody. Uh, I've got a wedding next week, and I got to call them. I got to set up an appointment. Uh, to talk to them. Go, uh, dude. I forgot we were even live for a minute. (laughs) I know. All right. Let me finish the outro then. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for being here today. Me, the M5 Retro Rocket, for sticking around to the end of John's Love Life. Aaron Ben Shlomo, Brittany Lane. uh, Let's see. Todd Brantley was here for a while. Um, We had uh, Revamp Wrestling 2K. I haven't seen them before. Good to see you. Yeah, Uh, me too. Did I say say hi to Retro Rocket already? I did. Um, and then uh, Jimmy was there. Hey, um, yeah. was good. Labrat was here earlier in the day. Um, and I think that oh, uh, oh the hammer, Charles, Charles, uh, Alfred, Charles Alfred was here. And I, I think Chris Winland was in here for a minute or two. Um, and Jerome was here, Jerome Hall yes. was here as well. So, uh, good to see everybody today. Thank you for being here as always. We love you guys being here. And you guys 
always make this show because again, this is the show of the people, by the people, for the people. Thank you for participating and making the show what it is. We're glad to see you here this week, but next week, tune in because it is the show before the show, the show of the show of the fast lane. Do you have a fast lane? Do you have a fast, like whatever that song is, you know, I don't know. Um, that was my thought process with Do You Have a Fast Lane? Um, and is taking that song lyric and putting it to that. But do we have, are we going to be even prepared for what that fast lane has to offer? Is it going to be too fast for us or is it going to slow us way down? <laughs> You'll have to tune in and find next week and find out and be ready for the smack attack. 10 o'clock next week, same Stone Cold time, same Cold Cold Station. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out. <laughs>